Hello lovely Corrie people, welcome to episode 476 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street podcast with me, Gemma. And, and, and me, <laughs> Michael, hello. I did it so nicely. I know, I ruined that for you today. Oh, Very well, much apologise for like that. Every Sorry. It's Monday night, we're it's back Monday. for another early Conversation Street for the week. We've just finished our binge for the week, haven't we? Of, um, of the episodes 10,356 to 10,361, which some of you might be, you know, watching throughout the week. You might be listening to this on Saturday still, which is, um, it'll be the episode would have been up for ages by then. But it's been a good week, I thought. Yeah. That was that confusing. You, no, you gave I'm a bit of a confused, confused look. I'm not confused. I think I didn't explain that quite so, so well. Welcome to another oh, podcast. Episodes that were broadcast in the UK on Monday. Yes. Wednesday and Friday. Will be, yes. Um, because I guess there's no football anymore. It's it's back no, to weird times next week, don't worry about it. Oh good. Have, how how have you um how have you found your your week, Gemma? You're you're bunching it all up into Mondays. Did you miss Corrie over the week? Did it feel weird? Does it feel like a nice break? Did you did you forget what was happening? Um, I don't know how it's it the thing is when we when we normally do Corey, it spread it gets spread out all throughout the week a bit more, and although we spend all of Friday doing Corey's podcast stuff, it feels like because we now we do it on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and it takes all evening of all three days. It, it's it a did. bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> well, like last week it, it, we did take a bit of recording time, didn't we? But I was doing my Nintendo thing as well. And then Wednesday, yeah, that's when we did the bonus podcast. But definitely, once like Wednesday was out of the way, it felt like there was a big curry shaped hole in my week. I panicked. I didn't know what to do, so I put I know. on. We put the pretty football on on Friday night. That's how desperate we were. Uh, I were no. Gemma, I wanted to watch it. I wasn't desperate. Gemma put England versus Scotland on, and what and, a match that was! And Michael sat there. Going, studiously ignoring. It, I sat basically. there in the room for part of it, then went and did the washing up. But um, I I've not. It's felt like it's not been you know too long without Corey. The thing is, we've I've still been watching my ITV three episodes every day, and we've had some of the nineteen ninety nine Corries as well. So it's not been you know completely weatherfieldless, has it? But um, it, yeah, it it didn't feel so bad. I was expecting to miss it more. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that I wanted to stay like this, everybody. I'm not coming round after my massive rant about ITV Hub Coronation Street. But yeah, it wasn't so bad. I think the main thing I'm seeing is a bit more, a bit of confusion from people. There's definitely lots of confusion amongst like what people saying. When's Curry on? Um, where where can I watch it? What do you mean you've seen it already? It hasn't been on yet. And when is the podcast out and what's this podcast is that about this episode yeah i know sorry so, um it's it's still now we can still do. teething problems but um hopefully i think it's working yeah i think it's working out okay it's it's fine it's i'm still fine. missing not being able to live tweet because again this was another really good week on correlation street i thought and again i was like oh, oh yeah well we ended up putting some tweets out on uh, Thursday and we put out a few yeah on Sunday as well didn't yeah. we yesterday because we yeah we just we had it on in the background a little bit just because I mean, you know our life is meaningless without coronation. Street, I'm not that busy, but no, not particularly. So um, 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's not been so bad. Be interested to see about the experiences of of other viewers. Well, some people have written in and find out in the feedback later oh, about yeah, what we people were, think about it. Yeah, yeah. So it's been fine. It's been fine. But um, please don't don't keep it like this. Coronation Street. I'm managing it for now. Right. Um, what else has been going on in our lives this past Nobody week? Cares. Father's Day. Um, more house stuff. Still moving slowly forward with that, maybe a, a bit pub, backwards. We? we should have bought a pub because, because um, yeah, this effortless. week's Coronation Street makes it seem like you, you know you decide one day you're going to get a pub, you get the mortgage just over your lunch break, and yeah. by tea time it's all signed and sealed. Dunzo. Yeah, I mean, if I'd known that, would, I mean, with the amount that we're having to spend on our house, we could have bought like a really, really good pub as well. But oh well, next oh, time, well, unless this one falls in another through life. again. Can you shut up? No. Sorry, I'm, Touching wood here. That's okay. Um, so yeah, that that's been that's been that way really. Shall we um shall we do a quiz? You looking for a bit of paper to write my score on? Uh, I'll just give you a bit of paper here. Here's a bit of paper. Oh, it's a Frank Foster top trumps card writing on the back of this. Already week. written on the back of it. Another point. <laughs> it's been a year since we did those top trumps. We really do need to do the Corrie female villains and um. Well, I well, told you, like... there's plenty more than there used to be. There is, but, but there's know, one less now. There, there is one one less one fewer. Corey, femme fatale on the street now. Poor Kirsty. I can't believe it. I know. Last I know. Thought. Maybe you missed opportunity to bring I her back. We've been talking for a while about, you know, if she, what if she off. comes back. And actually, good media is, that was fantastic. We'll cover that later. We'll All cover right, that can later. I do a quiz for you? There's probably people that, you know, maybe who haven't watched it on the hub and are just tuning in for the quiz. Like, they need sorry, to get their conversation street fizz. Well, and then we'll, quiz and we'll it. Fix, sorry. We'll right. right. 21st to the 25th of June, a year's ending in a one in the six. Taken from coronationstreet.fandom.com, 21st of June, 1976. Eddie Yates returns to Weatherfield after being released from jail. What is, what is his friend he's with called? Monkey Gibbons. Yeah, it's only one friend yeah. he's got, isn't there? Um, they break into a house they think is empty and end up in whose bed? Much to the resident's surprise. Um, I'm going to say Min... No, am I going to say Minnie Caldwell? Or am I going to say Elsie Tanner? I know, I know we saw this, so you should know the answer. We did. I'm going to say Elsie Tanner. You'd be right. Yeah. It's in Elsie's bed and Gail is there too. Oh, have fun. <laughs> uh, I think she just moved in with her. Right. She gets kicked out of... um. The corner shop flat? I can't remember. 22nd of June, 1981. First appearance of which character who hires Elsie Tanner? 1981. Oh. Someone hires Elsie Tanner in yeah. 1981. Yeah. Uh, uh, what job does Elsie do? What was I like? What was her final? Uh, factory. Uh, Going to need a final no, answer. No, I don't know. I don't know. Who was it? It was Alma. Oh, really? At the cafe, don't you remember? Oh, cool. Yes, she did. She worked in the that um, as well. It was the bakery, wasn't it, for a little bit? Well, it, it, and then it turned into... Into oh, Jim's cafe. That's right, and Alma's trying to run it by herself. Yes. And then in comes Elsie, and uh, Alma offers her a... Wow, 40 years of Alma. I know. Awesome. 22nd of June, 1966. Who, who tells Elsie... What Elf... year? 1966? Yeah. Okay. Who tells Elsie he'll pay off Dennis's debts if she becomes his mistress? Oh, um, who would do that? Who's a shady guy? It is a man, spoiler alert. Was he shady? There weren't any, like, gang- gangster lesbians was back he... in the 60s Corrie, although it would have been cool if there were. Was he a really shady guy? 
Because I've got an answer Go if on, he's tell a shady me. guy. Tell me who you think. Is it Dave Smith? It was Dave yes. Smith. <laughs> so there's only one shady gangster. He's the OG. <laughs> right, 22nd of June, 2001. Where do Mike and Audrey go to scatter Alma's ashes? Oh, it's um, like, like something or other. Lake District. That's correct. The lake something I don't something know which one. I don't the know lake area. Windermere. The lake location. I don't know. Uh, That's a sad scene, I remember. I that. know, so there you go. She was uh, first appeared on the twenty second of June and she last appeared on the twenty second of June. Nineteen eighty one to two thousand and one. I don't think uh, I don't think being in a in a um, in an urn. An urn counts as an appearance. <laughs> oh god, I remember that ash scatching. That was really nicely done. Good wrist flick. Yeah. 23rd of June, 1976. An inspector informs... I'm, sorry, I'm not paying attention. What year? That. 23rd of June, 1976. Okay. That No cup of tea is that good that you're, so, you're hearing. I'm just on a roll. I'm excited. over a good of tea then. Yeah. An inspector informs the new owner of the corner shop they are in trouble for opening after 9.30pm, selling tobacco after 8pm, yeah. and selling non-perishable goods on a Sunday. What about fire lighters? No, fire lighters don't come into it. It's, they've learned that lesson. There are no more fire lighters being sold in this shop. Who is the new owner? I'm going to say Rainy Bradshaw. Correct. Yeah. I just love this non-perishable goods on a Sunday. Oh, no. Sure. Oh, because they're like, well, you should have bought this before the Lord's Day. Yeah. You don't need to buy fire lighters on a Sunday. Twenty twenty third of June, 2011. Rita introduces Dennis to the person now living in Elsie's old house. Who is it? Eileen. Yes. There's lots of nice, nice. Elsie questions nice. this week. Nice question. 24th of June, 1981. Annie investigates why the G's have been refused a pub, but when she phones her brewery contact, what does he tell her? Hadn't Eunice had her fingers in the tills? She'd been sacked for stealing. Yeah, yeah. At a past job. 24th of June, 1986. People are furious to discover what is being named after Alf. 1996, did you say? I said 86. 1986. I'm never got it wrong again. I'm, I'm going to say it was 1996. Was it 96? Yeah, and I'm going to say it's Mayfield Court Retirement Home. <laughs> yeah. 1996. You're going to start That's two, two weeks in a row. Okay, why don't you do the quiz no, from now on? No, you're doing a really good job. 24th of June, 2000. <laughs> Thank you for patronising me. I, this wasn't my, can I just say, this was never my idea to do a quiz. It's the best bit. The I podcast. don't like it. Especially 20... when I do well. 4th of June, 2011. Which pub manager causes chaos when she has a series of lock-ins, can't order enough lamb for the hot pots and runs out of lager? 2011. Oh, no, it says 1982. <laughs> um, Stella? Stella? Is Stella a pub manager? Well, she was in charge of the pub. No, zero. It's oh. Becky. I'm oh, fine, okay. Twenty fourth of June two thousand and sixteen. Who ends up in hospital after having psychotic episodes brought on by stress? It wasn't me, but it very well could have been. Two thousand and sixteen. Psychotic episodes. Stress. Stress. Now, I'm feeling that this um... was probably very famous. And who was it? It was really stressed out in two thousand and sixteen. I I think it's fair to say that nobody has be, ever been this stressed in the history of Carla, Coronation Street. Carla wasn't that long ago, but... Oh no, Carla was pretty stressed. It wasn't Carla. No. Stressed. So stressed. Steve. Oh gosh, so stressed. 
Steve oh, I said, now you're going to have to tell me. Sarah? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, she got stressed out. Yeah. You got three wrong. That's all right. And you corrected one it. question, I so... I've done quite well this out. week, yeah. Lovely, well done. Birthday Who's time. Who's got birthday coming out? 26th of June, Harry Visnoni. Oh. Seb, rip. 27th of June, Jim Cartwright and Lee Warburton, who played Tony Horrocks. 29th of June, Lynn Carroll played Martha Longhurst. Classic week. 30th of June, Joe Dutine played Mick Netcalf. What? <laughs> Tim Metcalf and then Ben Price. Oh, this new cool. entry. I, I guess we didn't know his birthday before. I guess not. Or I hadn't written it down. Nick tells me the third. And then the second of July. Who's born? <laughs> it's my birthday on the second of July. Lee Boardman. And Peter Kay, who played Eric Gartside. But you haven't got him, have you? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. Michael Dodson. That's me. It's my birthday next Friday. Creator so of Conversation Street podcast and main host, researcher and producer. Yes. And editor. Um, I'm 38, blimey. And Sue Devaney plays Debbie Webster. Oh, yeah. Oh, maybe I'd forgotten that. I'd forgotten that one. Lee Borman just quickly. And also Leanne. Oh, share a Harrison. birthday with Sue Devaney. That's really cool. I'm starting to doubt all <gasps> gonna have a sh- I'm going to have a shared party with her. I'm going to get her on the blower. All right, well. That's amazing. pause the recording? I think... It, I think... You know, I, I think that's so a fact. Excited? It's not an achievement. No, that's cool. Just always exciting that you have your birthday with um, Gandhi and Simon Gregson. It's your birthday, buddy. Oh yeah, me and I think Simon. I remember back in the past seeing that Sue Devaney and me have the same birthday, and I went, "She was in Corrie in the eighties. Who cares about her?" And that, oh right, so you're a fair weather friend, is what you're saying? She's yeah. not going to want to have a party with you now. I fair You've just said me. that. That's cool. In front of thousands of people. I'm so excited with that. Oh good. Well, I'm glad you're happy. I'm going to make course, sure I wish her a happy birthday on Twitter next week. Just, just remember, like everybody, can wish me a happy birthday on no gifts, no cards, just cash. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, oh, let's get on with the main bit of the podcast then. No, you're happy. I'm, just, I'm just you're in such a good that. mood. Really chuffed with Okay, that, let's do the next bit. Okay, everybody, let's get cracking with this week's Street Talk. And we have got five main storylines to talk to you about this week. Um, first off, we have the Leanne of Duty story, which seems to possibly come to some sort of conclusion this week. I'm not really sure about that. We certainly said ta to uh, to Sharon by the end. Of- well, we? have we? I, I don't know. It felt like an ending scene. It felt weird. And I do, know that, I do know that Tracy Bennett is in New York at the moment. So uh, if you, I, I, think, I think it's the end. This is the thing with binge-watching it. I was saying to you earlier, wasn't it? Usually when... Um, actors leave Coronation Street and they've had their final scene on screen they go on Twitter saying well that's me done for Coronation Street have it and we didn't get a chance to have <laughs> no, Tracy saying that this we'll week maybe we'll have that on Friday maybe we will um, we have got the an- another storyline that's kind of drawn to some sort of conclusion this week is the tele sales and marketing story or double scammy as Daniel Osborne <laughs> Daniel said Daniel beat you to the best props pun. For the- no I think oh really I don't think... Oh, yeah, you did say, oh, no, mine's better still. <laughs> I would... Yeah, but I just imagine if we'd have had Double Scammy as a storyline title and then they'd used it on the show, that would have been amazing. But I don't think Daniel would have... <laughs> I don't think he would have put Dully Sales and Marketing as his headline. I don't think it would have um, been understood. Uh, we have got a bit of a rutting tie story slash... Gemma, you didn't appreciate the storyline title earlier, but I thought it was quite good. Tyrone's um, tattoo. Yeah. Dobbs... Dobbs of ink. Dobbs of ink, yeah? yeah? Dobbs. 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 Dobbs, Dobbs. No. He's got a tattoo on his leg. I think, um, I know what happened to Kirsty. What? 
she was like your contact to phone up to run pun ideas past and you just blew her mind. <laughs> oh, we have got a bit more of that Emma Delamere storyline. That is Emma and the lovely Curtis Delamere um, with a somewhat cliche storyline of two people going on their I first date, do I have not to like say. this guy. I don't mind him, but there's not much. He's just, you know, generic attractive hunk at the moment that we don't really know very much about as a character he, he's good at um, cocktails and selling motorbikes and that's about it but anyway we'll get to that later and then also we found out this week what's up with summer she does not have an addiction to energy drinks no. as we guessed last that was, week that was a red herring she's got diabetes oh dear she's in dire straits and that is my storyline title for this week not so good wow, but great job live punning as I mentioned last week on the podcast, not so easy to do. So I apologise. Leanne of Duty. And this is going to be with all the Rovers stuff and everything in it as well. So Simon Simon is in a bit of a grump at the beginning of Monday's episode because today is the day that Leanne's going to be giving evidence in court. And she's still decided that she is going to tell the truth. And that includes saying how much Simon was involved as well. So he's kind of coerced into... He doesn't have much choice, really. He's got to take the stand. Well, he says he's been told he has to take the stand and dob Harvey in. Um, not that he gets a chance to at the end. Nick's off to see Natasha. Um, meanwhile, Rita goes to her flat. Nice Rita's flat. Haven't seen that for a long time. There was very dramatic um, scenes where the shadowy figure that was clearly Sharon Who is was it? Oh, looming in it's the Sharon. in the She's got background. A, yeah, we went. We left. We left last week wondering um, what was going to happen to Sharon, didn't we? Would she be dead? Would she be beaten up? Beaten up. Yeah, she's She's fine. Up. She was yeah. okay. She's learnt a lesson. Yeah, so... She's got a crusty nose. I don't know how she got in the flat. Is that, um... Well, she couldn't get in before, could she? No. Is that door that's connecting Alec Gilroy and Rita's flat still there? Did she kind of sneak in yeah. up, in, up in Brian and Kathy's flat and get in through? I don't know. Or did she just you know, shimmy up the drain pipe? She's a she's a wily young lady, that, she, that she Sharon, is. isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, she, she's a wrong one. She went down the chimney like Father Christmas, maybe. So Nick goes to meet Natasha at number eight for some reason. Didn't go over to Natasha's house because, you know... Um, and he says that it might be best if she and Sam go to start a new life in London somewhere. He doesn't want it. He wants the best life for Sam, but things could get a little bit hairy coming up soon. And I'm not talking about Ardy's knuckles. Um, it's safer over there, down in that London that it is here in Weatherfield once word gets out that Leanne's a massive grass. Um, she's not a very happy bunny when she hears this news. Sam wasn't in it at all this week, was he? Didn't get to see lovely little no, Sam. No, he wasn't. He's been this this kind of tired. corner of the story was tucked away quite quickly after Monday's episode, um, and Gail's there as well, isn't she? Um, telling Nick that he's back the wrong horse with Leanne. This this twenty five year grudge that, Le- that Gail has I had really, against Leanne is still not over. I have to say, I'm really enjoying because we're watching what year ninety nine. We're ninety nine at the moment. Watching yeah. watching through the nineties and seeing like young Nick and Leanne's budding romance. Gail going, no. Totally seeing Gail still going, no, he's wrong for you. No, she's wrong for you. She's a wrong one. Um, Over the years, she has said, I forgive you, Leanne, I was wrong about you. You're right for Nick. But we know that she just just harbours that. Just whenever, that's always bubbling, ready ready to be unleashed whenever Leanne does anything. Then bizarrely, Gail tells him to bog off at the end of the scene. <laughs> like, yeah. well, if, you, if you're not going to leave Leanne, then you can leave me. Oh, and that didn't really right. go anywhere for the rest of the week. All right, mum, see ya. Um, so Sharon, meanwhile, is explaining everything to Rita. And then she, and she wants a bath. 
And Rita says, um, yeah, that's fine. You go and soak yourself, love. I'm going to talk to the medical centre because you're in a bit of a state. And then I'll talk, talk to the police as well. And Sharon's like, I won't let you do that, Rita. Was Throughout, that your 2000? That was my hell voice. Honesty. Yeah, we were talking about that on a walk yesterday. Yeah. So, um, all throughout this week, this story with Rita and Sharon felt very, very tense, didn't it? It really and did. We were feel getting tense. through it and it's going, is, is something going to happen? Is she going to just like slit Rita's throat or something? It was. It or... was like both, both of them were like, have, can be sneaky. But also, Rita can also be a bit of a doddery old bat sometimes. She, she, they were both flip-flopping this Yeah, they week. were, yeah. I couldn't tell whether we were supposed to think Rita was some kind of Machiavellian genius or whether or, she was supposed to be a batty old biddy. And the same with, with Sharon. so much money. Yeah, was Sharon, like... Um, was she regretful about what she'd done and she changed her ways and she learned a lesson or was she trying to get one over Rita? And I think, as much as I did enjoy this storyline this week, this is the best this particular story's been for a while... It felt a little inconsistent, and I was a bit confused about who I was supposed to be backing or who I, also, I was supposed to be pleased for. Right, whatever. I want to know, and this is probably like really inappropriate of me. I know how much money Rhea's got. She must have been loaded. Well, she's only got that ten thousand pounds because Sharon gave it to her. I a know couple she's of months got ago, ten thousand pounds. Yeah, exactly. That's, she's like easy come, easy go. But she, does she really need that ten grand? I mean, look, I'm all for whatever money I can get. If you give me ten grand, you will never see it again. But with her, she said she... Sharon was like, oh, do you have it in a high interest account? And I was like, ha, 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 what is that? That doesn't exist. Please tell me what high interest account she, you think exists in this country. Yeah, we tried to put some money into an ISA a couple of months ago, didn't we? It's, um... We got 86p back one month. That was pretty good. <laughs> but look, well, listen... It's that, it's that sweet sale fortune that Ted Sullivan left she her. Ha- she's living in a little flat... Um, so she's not spent it on real estate, has she? So where no. is, what is she doing with all this cash? If she's got enough money that she's actually getting a substantial amount of interest off of it, she must be, she must have tens of thousands, like hundreds of thousands yeah. stashed away. Yeah. What's she spending it on? I know. Glitzy cardigans, I know. <laughs> uh, I, I want to know what's going to happen to it all. Like when... When Rita eventually to goes her, to the big paper shop in the sky, I know. <laughs> is is Jenny going to inherit it all? She must have loads of money. And but to be fair, like I, like I was going to say, that money has been nothing but a curse for Rita. She hasn't she hasn't really noticed. Oh, no. But all her life, she's been nothing but hounded by people who want to get their money on her cash. Their hands on her cash. I'm going to rub my money all over your money and then make money babies. Oh, if only that was possible. I'm just sitting here rubbing two coins together. I'm going to get two P out. Um, Anyway, so Sharon's saying, look, don't call the police. Sharon, she basically says, look, I'm in big trouble. I'm going to be going into prison as well if the police catch up with me. Do you want my death on your conscience? Because she's like, I'm going to be in prison. I'm going to get shanked or something. So um, Sharon kind of turns on the waterworks a little bit. So uh, go, goes plays the whole sob story about oh I was such a lost kid oh you're the only mum I've ever had you and Len um, yeah you and Len she uh, I mean I can't remember what the deal was with with Sharon's mum I do know that she went to go and live with some other family for about a month or so didn't she but anyway she um she says oh, look, yeah, despite all the trouble I've caused you you still always have me back Reet thanks for that by the way, can I have that £10,000 back that I lent you so we play? Rita is not wrong. She didn't rolling. lend it to her. She gave, gave it, to it her. her back, sorry. Because yeah. she took money off her to begin with. Yes, Rita is not rolling over on this one. So at this point, Rita's, you know, switch is switched to, to shrewd. 
I think it just is a little bit wobbly, the switch, and it goes back, doesn't it, partway through the week. She says, I'm not going to be helping a fugitive escape justice, thank you very much. Meanwhile, Daisy, in the pub, is um, telling Jenny that she should be thanking Sharon for all the drive-by shootings and everything that she's caused, because it might put off potential buyers, because they've got somebody that's supposed to be coming round later with a view to purchasing the pub. And um, Jenny decides, hmm... Maybe that's right. I'm going to go and see Rita about something. Um, so she goes around and um, she kind of takes some shopping and some vodka in an attempt to try and get up there and get Rita talking. But Rita seems to be kind of stalling um, and, and um, being a bit suspicious. She's like, thanks for that, thanks for that. Obviously, she's harbouring Sharon upstairs and Jenny is looking rather suspicious there. Um, we also have around this time Nick going back to his flat in the Victoria Court and telling Leanne... Well, that went about as well as could be expected with me and Natasha. She hates my guts. Uh, and there's a quite a nice scene where it's like, oh, Leanne, I'm never going to leave you. I'm not going to lose contact with Sam either. Um, they, they're just kind of realising that what's going to be happening over the next couple of episodes is going to put them in quite a pressurised situation. Um, over at Rita's house, Sharon's thanking Rita for not telling Jenny um, that she was there. And, and still, Rita seems to be stalling about giving this transferring this money back to her she's like oh i tried to log in but i couldn't and um she says oh no it's gonna just take a few working days and sharon's like i need to get out of here um and then so rita says okay i'll tell you what i'll, I'll speak to the bank is it all right if we're going to the bedroom to have a chat with them and um and sharon's like yeah off you go love um and i think again at this point i was like she's going to phone the police isn't she oh Good i didn't on you, rita. Think no i, I definitely thought, did why is no, she I saying thought that? she was. I thought she was dobbing her in. Um, I was thinking, oh, I wonder if this is going to become a problem when we have to pay our deposit. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Jenny's talking to Daisy about how odd Rita is acting. So, and she's going to go and have a bath, and um, rather than just you know saying, oh well, never mind, or I'll talk to her tomorrow, she decides to use a spare key and surprise her because you know. What yeah, could that, possibly go I have wrong to say, there? That scene, that scene, what I didn't think was a very well. There were some funny lines scene. in that scene. There weren't. I can't remember what. There were some funny lines. Daisy's been all right again this week, hasn't she? I've been, I've been kind of enjoying her. Now they're fleshing her out a little bit more. I can't remember what she said in that scene. Sorry, you'll have to watch it if you haven't seen it. <laughs> but it was, it was all right. But yeah, it was the idea of Jenny just deciding to go and let herself round um round meters was odd. So. um what else has happened? So she marches in and finds Sharon and Rita with the vodka. And she's like, straight away, what's she doing here? She's evil, you know that. <laughs> and that, But then this is when they hear the police sirens um, coming around the corner. Somehow, Sharon, she's like a grease whipper, isn't she? Yes, Getting she out of that flat. Either they've got very far-sounding um, police sirens or... I don't know, there's a secret exit because by well, the that's time... that's how she got in. She got out the same way. She must have done, wasn't she? Maybe it's like, you know... It's she... like a little hole in the wall or something. She's just uh, ran up the side before yeah. gravity noticed. I think that she can apparate or maybe she's got some blue powder or something like if anyone's, that. If anyone's a, um, a, a death eater on Coronation Street, it's got to be Sharon. Well, she's got her ways, but she can't tell us because you know why? No. That would be Sharon confidential information. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, she they hear the sirens, and by the time the police car has even screeched up outside the Karen, Sharon's all oh, outside, ca- the, outside Karen. the cabin. 
Sharon is already legging it down the cobbles as much as she can do on that um, street anyway. Yeah, what's and your she ankles? gets cornered and she kind of gives up. I thought, I like I thought that this. was quite good. She's like, yeah, you got me. PC DS uh, Glynn or whatever his name is. Yes. Uh, was it Glynn or was it Reese? I can't remember now. Oh, God, what am I stereotyping? Oh, no, Reese. No, 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 no. Sorry, Reese was. Um, Harvey's goon of the week last week, wasn't it? He's got a new one. one. He's got a new Reese one. Every single the... week he's had a new a new crony that all I guess are gonna step down now that Harvey's been banged up for good without They're his all gonna bone. have to go get a job down farm foods or something. Yeah, something like that. Um anyway, I love Jenny in this scene. There was uh, Monday's episode Floating was lots of fun. Jenny, is great. Jenny was so she's so good, pleased. She's in a good spirit this week, wasn't she, she old Jenny? Was, she was. She says good Jenny's week like, for Jenny Connor. Have fun in prison, you'll like it in there, Sharon, you're full of your sort, rough. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sharon starts trying to thank Rita for everything and, and uh Glynn's like not your Oscar speech, love. I love in that. The car. Get in there. Yeah, she goes. Oh, thank you, thank you for everything you've done. I know I've not always, but it's like, shut up, get in the car. <laughs> Sharon has been a little over dramatic in parts oh, yeah, she during is a this story, bit. so I did find that quite funny. But where's her handcuffs? <laughs> yeah, I know they trust her, don't they? Mm. Anyway, Rita white old lady it. privilege. Okay, being loaded into a police car after you tried to run away with Poor no Sharon handcuffs. Sharon, an old lady. Rita looks a bit worried. What have I done? She's not in the first flush of youth, I'm going to say. <laughs> I don't think it's unfair. She's in the third flush. First flush was 1981, second flush was 1999, <laughs> yeah. and now back 2021. How many flushes of youth do you get? <laughs> um, and which Wednesday. one am I on? <laughs> don't answer. <laughs> well, we're about the same age as Sharon was on her 1999 return. So we're second say. flush. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. It's kind of like... Was it like, is that how they measure Someone's going to give healing? us £10,000 soon. Oh, yes, please. So Sharon, uh, Leanne's on the edge a little bit on the morning of, uh, of Wednesday. So they're like, oh, Simon's done a runner. Oh, no, he's not. He's just gone to get croissants. This was so. really, anno- this made no logical sense because what? they were both up and dressed. And how did, how did Simon get out of the flat with both of them being up and about to get croissants without them noticing. I think someone's been sharing confidential information about him about to get in and out of flat. I think he's... That's true. He's in there. He's still... Um, he's that's why he was looking gang. so grumpy, because he really is. He's he's in the Harvey's gang still, isn't he? Yeah. Um, anyway, Jenny apologise... Oh, uh, have to spoil the wheat, don't you, Jenny? Apologising to Ronnie for being a cow to Making him. Making him breakfast. No, don't invite him back to the pub. He needs to sling his hook. Sorry. She's um, a... He's hanging around because he knows what's going to happen at I the know. end of the week. I know what's going to happen with Ronnie. But... Well, hmm. Just let her, have, let her have her fun. Anyway, Johnny's so moving out him, soon, she says. love machine well-fueled Jenny. Oh, man. <laughs> no. Would you like another sausage? Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> She's still buzzing anyway about Sharon being banged, banged up. It's like the best thing that's ever happened to her. She's the, the, oh, yeah. the daughter victorious. Well, she's the best one now, isn't she? Exactly. The um, thing is, though, Rhea's so annoying that you know Rhea would be like, oh, now, we've both had your ups and downs. I couldn't pick a favourite out of the two of you. And Jenny's like, huh, what? Huh, what? <laughs> Just because my dad tried to murder you. <laughs> Am Twice. I, am I remembering <laughs> wrongly here, but didn't Rita and Len foster someone before Sharon? Was it that a little boy or a boy and a girl or someone? I can't, I think, like, for over a Christmas thinking, or something. No, you're thinking of Emily, thinking and, Emily and Ernest. Ernest. Yeah. Maybe. I'm, sure, I'm sure there was someone else that Rita and Len had. Maybe he's going to turn up again anyway. Um, anyway. 
Or she'll get a phone call and he's dead and has left her 500 grand or something. Time for court. Leanne gives her affirmation. <laughs> Are you pausing? I just paused, pausing Gemma, for, for you to make the same joke, joke as you do every time someone's told to read I out am, the affirmation. I am brave. I am beautiful. <laughs> I am successful. See, Sean would I say... I am Batters Be Hear Me Raw. Sean would say that that's good. You should do affirmations. That's um, how we became fabulous. so successful. Get with it, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Sean this week. Well, we'll get to him. Um, it's not his turn. I know. Um, so she starts just basically telling the court about the whole storyline, basically. She tells him about Jacob and the chippy, how much of a mess she was after Ollie's death. She's talking to her... She's talking to the prosecution at the moment, isn't she? Harvey's prosecution. So she's very sympathetic about her and everything. She finds out, talks about Jacob getting beaten up. And at this time I was thinking, oh, is Jacob going to be asked back? Is he going to be on it? I kind of knew in the bottom of my heart that he wasn't going to be. But I do also know that since Jack James Ryan left Coronation Street, he's had some sort of secretive um, thing with ITV because he posted a picture of himself. Right. I don't think Spoiling it's Corey. Things. It's not Corey. I'm oh. sure it's not Corey. It was too long ago now, I think. But I was thinking, oh, what if? What if he comes and makes a triumphant return? I don't think people would enjoy it as much as we did. But anyway, nice for Jacob to get a shout out. Um, she she talk, So Sharon, Leanne's talking about the, the, the taking over um, Simon's drug dealing duties. Um, Harvey getting worse, the sting, which was all off screen, so we don't know much about what happened there, the shooting, all the drama, basically, that's been going on. And um, Harvey is looking pretty mad at this point because he'd been under the impression that Leanne was going to be keeping stum during this, or at least um, denying everything, basically, making up a load of cobblers. So then Harvey's defence steps up. Um, and... Um, so he seems he seems he kind of accuses Leanne of um deflecting the blame just trying to get trying to protect Simon basically was she was saying wasn't she or he I can't remember saying well you, you would just was it he oh yeah yeah of course it was was isn't he um yeah he, he anyway he, he tries to make out that Leanne's just making it all up basically He's trying to stop Simon's getting sent down including lying to the court about Harvey Time for a breather later, where they're all allowed to congregate in a courtroom. Just have a free reign to wander around the room, as you do. Um, where Nick congratulates Leanne for doing a bang-up job on the stand. And then Simon shows up. And Leanne's a bit confused about this, because they're not allowed to talk before he's given his evidence. But it turns out he's not being called. Um, DS um, Glynn comes in and says, Something new has come to light. It could change everything. <laughs> so there's your trailer quote for this week. Um, and I think this is what it was supposed to be, I assume. Sharon coming forward. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. yeah was he it. reads her affirmation. <laughs> I am in the third flush of my youth. <laughs> <laughs> but I've I, still got it. I am a greased whippet. Have <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. That's what she said after she finished uh, giving her evidence. <laughs> no further questions, Joanna. Have it. <laughs> Harvey's somewhat surprised to see her um, Auntie Sharon on the stand and the fact that she's basically grassing him up. Oh. Um, uh, and, and, and yes, tell him, telling the court everything. She says, look, I'm terrified of me nephew, what he might do to me. She corroborates Leanne's story about the shooting. She told, she's told the police about his contacts, his methods, all his dirty little secrets, his county lines in and everything. Um, things are not looking good for Mr Gaskill. So break time again. And um, 
Leanne can trance Sharon, basically. Ooh, excuse my, excuse my burping. You can just have a little break. I if can't, you need... I'm so excited. Stop being gross. She, she, Leanne has a go at Sharon for leaving it so long to come to the police and says... Um, and Sharon's like, oh, he manipulated me just like he's manipulated everyone else. Me and you, Leanne, we're the same. Um, Rita Dobbermian was the best thing she could have done. But now I'll be looking over my shoulder forever. Um, Don't believe a word she ever says, that woman, no, anymore. No, at this point I was like, okay, this is nice. Because ever since Sharon's come back, as much as I've kind of enjoyed her skulking around uh, with her cape and, um, and moustache and everything, I've been a little bit sad that they villainised her. Because I liked Sharon, and I didn't want her to be a wrong one. And at this point, I was thinking, oh, she's seen the error of her ways. It's fine. Good on you, girl. <laughs> um, but uh, and, and Rita is also suckered in, as I was, because Jenny sees Sharon going back to Rita's later, has another go at her. It turns out Rita's asked her over. Rita, um, Jenny cannot believe that Rita's um, been taken in by Sharon. And Rita says, look, it's only until the sentencing. Um, but Jenny says, watch out, Rita. Sharon will end up hurting you. Slit in your throat or something, probably. Yeah. Also, if you've got any spare money, I could do with a pub deposit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Rita goes to the pub later and uh, says that, Jenny, I'm sorry, I made a commitment to look after Sharon. 30, no, 40 years. 40 years ago. It was, wasn't it? 40 years ago since Sharon first appeared and it blimey. Um, she, she, uh, she doesn't forget, does she, Rita? She's like an elephant. She is like an elephant. <laughs> It's such a matriarchal society, the elephants. Yeah, hmm. it's like a ginger elephant. <laughs> it's, it's all natural. And um, she, she says, look, when I fostered her... I don't think elephants dye their hair. <laughs> this one does. She's very, Sharon was very brave in court. She did the right thing. And by the way, Jenny, I've always forgiven you when you've done the wrong thing and messed up, haven't I? Jenny's mm. like, oops. Jenny's like, you know yeah, what? you got me there, Reet. Oops. <laughs> so cut to Sharon in a place that was absolutely not the Coronation Street Media City car park. Uh, and she's there telling Goon of the Week this week. I don't know why they can't we keep got, the same one. What happened to Do we have Beardo? face blindness? Is this actually just always the same I man? Thought, I thought t-shirt? it was Beardo Van Man that had had a bit of a show, but we I did check the credits afterwards oh, and you? it was not Rick S. Carr. Okay, it's no, not him. in the Rick S. Van. And uh, <laughs> and um, she, she's basically like, there's a new boss in town. It's me, it's Sharon. It's me, Sharon. She, so she's basically thrown... Um, she's thrown um, Harvey to the ha- dogs. Yeah, basically. So that she can take over the family business and be the O-N-E-S-H-E of Weatherfield. Yeah, she branch, is. Basically. And if any of you sons of... Got anything else to say? <laughs> Now's the flipping time. <laughs> that was the pigging time. <laughs> um, so she, all she needs to do to secure her place in the uh, in the yakuza is um, get her hands on ten grand. Yeah, apparently it's, it. it's not at all yeah. like a dodgy pyramid scheme. Like double, <laughs> maybe she's signing up with um with with Daisy. She's like, listen here, oh, I've got a new way that. of got a new Sharon way of, of re- earning money. And she sends her goons around to people's house. Hey, listen, do you want this guy liner? It's really good. I'll come back tomorrow unless you buy it now. Um, so there's a bit of a cliffhanger on Wednesday's episode. Uh, Friday, Rita is there with Sharon in the flat who, and, and telling her how brave she was to stand up to Harvey. Um, Sharon at this point is planning to wait to find out what goes on with Harvey's sentencing today. Or, or Harvey's... Because he didn't get sentenced, did he? He was found... Um, guilty, but we don't know how long he's been sent down for. But anyway, she's going to hang around for a little bit and then she's going to do one straight after the trial or so, she says. Um, 
So they all go along to the courthouse again. This uh, this lovely room that was built for Yasmin and Jeff only. And Leanne has got no interest in talking to Sharon before the trial. And um, so they hang around, everybody comes in, and it's guilty, unanimously from the uh, remote jury. And um, Sharon is there, brilliantly smirking at the side of the courtroom. I love that. Harvey was there, like, seething, and Sharon can barely contain her glee that she sent her nephew down. And she gives him a little tira, a little wave, doesn't she? A little (laughs) wiggly fingers. That was was fantastic, how triumphant she was. Um, She's so evil. See, I don't think it's the end of her. I'm really confused. I don't know. I really don't know. Anyway, back at Rita's, she's kind of packing her bags hurriedly. Um, like all characters on Coronation Street, she's able to contain her worldly goods into uh, little trundle along pieces of luggage. And um, Rita's like, so you, you, you want this £10,000 maybe? Handy. Um, Jenny catches Rita on the way to the bank and she knows exactly what's going on here. She's like, you, Sharon has got you around your uh, little finger, Rita. Stop it. She is ripping you off. Rita's not interested. Um, so she goes to the flat later. Sharon's all packed. Rita's playing for time. And I'm thinking, what is going on here? Rita's like making cups of tea. And I'm like, no, what, what's happening, Rita? So she takes £9,000 out of her bag because that's all that she can get. Is that all you can get? Can you not get £10,000 out? Who knows? Listen... You you can't, you can't. She's inscrutable as mm. Rita. Sharon's very grateful. Goes to take it, but Rita's like, "Oh, you know what? I can't. I can't remember how it happened." But Rita's like, "Yeah, you know what? I don't know if I can trust you." To be fair, actually, I don't want you to feel beholden to me, Sharon, because Sharon's all kind of groveling and saying, "Oh, I don't deserve oh, don't. this." So she's like, "Yeah, maybe you don't." So <laughs> she pops it back in her bag again. The thing is, right? This this makes me this makes me think: Is there some kind of like? Like like the way that um, Summer secretly has had diabetes all this time and we never realised. Is there something going on here with Rita that she got given 10 grand like a month ago and now she's only got 9,000 left? What is she spending it on? <laughs> she got some kind of secret like home shopping habit or... Yes, she's a hoarder she like doing? Kathy. She's sponsoring, she's building lots of wells in Africa or something. Yeah, probably. That's what I'd do if I was a rich old lady. Um... So anyway, this this was weird. She's like, no, you can't have your money. And can't then we kind of then. cut later to Sharon outside the Rovers with Rita, which is where they say goodbyes purely so that Jenny can pop out and yeah. say, so is she gone then? Yeah. Um, and, and Sharon's kind of like, oh, I, well, I don't no get hard what feelings. happened. Maybe I need to rewatch it. Yeah, she's, she's like, like no oh, well, feelings. thanks for not giving me the money. I didn't want it anyway. Off I go then. And she kind of trundles down the cobbles with her, um, with her bag, the, her bag again. Luggage. Jenny comes out the rovers and is surprised to hear that Rita has kept her money. And yeah. Sharon's uh, Rita's just like, well, you know what? I just hope Sharon's going to be okay. And then we get to see, and then we see her going down Victoria Street, and she kind of gets her bag caught in a grill, doesn't she, on the floor? And she ducks down, and me and you were just like, like who's gonna what's going to happen? Gonna is there going to be some again? kind of massive twist or something? I and, really was waiting for a big twist. Yeah, but there wasn't. She just picks up her bag up and heads towards the Tooting Tram, and. That's it for Sharon. Because we know she's said she's got a um, an all-day tram ticket. She has. She's slumming Maybe it, Maybe she's she? going to go and sell it to somebody. I don't know. So, um, yeah, I as a, as a character's... You, you, we were saying, is that the end of Sharon? It definitely, definitely felt like a goodbye scene, didn't it? With the, with the, with the tram it tooting did. away and everything. It, and it, kind of looking up and going, ah, and then off I go into the it distance. It did, but there's still unresolved... It feels like there's unresolved issues. There's, the storyline doesn't feel completely wrapped up here because she 
she's now in charge, but she said she needed ten grand. She know she knows Rita's got it. I was expecting her to have stolen Rita's bag or or like to open her bag and the money's in there somehow because she's uh, nicked it. Yeah, or, she's gonna have like a pulp then, fiction moment where she opens up the bag and all, all the cash glows out. purple and <laughs> all the twenties that read grit out. I don't know. You're right because like, is is she gonna be the next crime boss of Weatherfield? Because or not? we also haven't had Harvey sentencing, have we? No, but I don't and, even know that we need to and see we, it. We haven't had Leanne and, and Nick go. Oh, it's finally all over, and now Harvey will leave us alone, which is another thing that really this story needs. So, so that I don't think this is over. Yeah, because surely his sentencing is going to be on Monday. I wouldn't Monday, be surprised if, if Sharon wasn't using her special secret entrance to come and nab the cash on Monday, to be honest. I kind of don't need to see her anymore. No, I know. I'm done After with her that, si- I, I, have, I have really enjoyed having Sharon back. It's been a lot of fun. Um, but with that final scene, it's like, okay... She, she can go I'm and be now. a drugstore somewhere else. see you again in another else. 20 years kind of thing. Because the thing is about it, it's like we're supposed to watch this and be all riled up and of what Leanne was saying about how they, um, what's the word, prey on the vulnerable and feel really morally outraged and, oh, oh goodness, we can't let this continue. So we're not supposed to want Sharon to ride off into the sunset and go and well, no, recruit new evil criminals in a, in a different place. So I'm glad that Sharon didn't get sent down. It's not... Because it's, I, wasn't, I wasn't particularly happy, like I said earlier, about her coming ending, back as a villain. But it's not a happy ending, is it? Just because she's a character that you like doesn't she, mean that she should be allowed to do, deal drugs. She's, she's, been, she's been pretty bad, hasn't she? But she's we've naughty. seen all the way through that she's had a conscience and sometimes it's, we've been kind of whacked around the head with the fact that, look, she's feeling guilty about this. So I, I don't know, I, I think it's fairly satisfying. Honestly, I do. And, there's, and, it, and it leaves the door open for another return, however many years down the, down the line. But you're right about Nick and Leanne. Oh, oh, are they just going to be like, back to normal now? So, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Obviously, Ollie's still dead, but... <laughs> and then there, and there's still the whole... Nat- I mean, the whole thing with Natasha and Sam, like, is he going to... Yes, Are yes. they going to go to yes. London? Yes, this or is they the other know? thing. That's the other thing. Um... I'm still thinking that Natasha's living, living on borrowed time as well. Yes, yes, this is it. I re- I, yeah, there must be... There's something going on. It's, it's not finished. There's something happen- There's something else that's got to happen. Because really, now the big bad has shifted from Harvey to Sharon. So the evil crime boss that they're trying to take down is actually Sharon. Is, is Sharon done with Leanne and Nick? Like, is she going to have to say, like, I know she was saying, oh, I didn't want to do that to that poor young'un. But does she really care? Is she going to have to do something to Nick and Leanne to sort of show that uh, you can't mess with my gang? I don't know. I just wonder whether she's going to warn the gang off. But if she hasn't, how got, many... she hasn't got her ten grand. Yeah, and how many times can we really see Natasha telling Nick oh. that you ne- she's never going to see your son again? I'm oh, sick and tired yeah. of you. Oh, I'm over that. I'm totally over that. Yeah, I. It's weird, isn't it? It's not really finished. But it doesn't mean that it isn't finished because sometimes stories can kind of race towards the end and not be completely satisfyingly plotted out. It's not the first. It wouldn't be the first time if that was the case. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Wait and see. Um, I mean, Harvey has obviously still got a whole network of ne'er-do-wells around Weatherfield. Now now he's been sent down. Is it like when you kill a wizard and all the magic just disperses and they're all gone? all the spells go undone. Yeah. No, it can't be Is he still going to control them from prison or have they found his bum phone? 
Oh no, they they never really questioned the fact that Harvey was able to command his his gang from the jail. Like nobody was going, right, let's sort this out. No. So do you, the, the, the judge is like, no, oh, yeah, we can never get those phones off those criminals. <laughs> it's really annoying. You tell a criminal that something's against the law and they do it anyway. What's that about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I thought that was a lot of fun this week. I, I liked how much Rita there was. This is probably it the most. So much Rita. This is probably the most Rita we've had for I a know. very long time. Actually, fueled by vodka and that massive basket of onions that she's got in her in her kitchen. I keep looking at this giant, it's this giant wicker basket full of produce, and I'm looking at it going. There's no way Rhea eats enough potatoes and onions to justify having such a large it's, basket she of them. She has liver and onions for every meal. You know what these old people are like. Uh, she's in her fourth flush of youth. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was cool. I, I did. I just. It was a shame that I, we. She kept flip flopping, like I said earlier, about whether we were to. How much we thought that she was. I know this is the thing. Clued into what she's, was going she's on. She's acting as though she's like at the end. She's like, I out, I outmastered you, Sharon, with my cunning and wit. It's like, but at times though, you have been. She's a been bit walking around dotty. with nine grand in her bag. I know she could there was have a shooting. been. It's <laughs> just drive by shooting. She's like, I'll just take all the money out so I can wave it in her face. With everything that's what gone are you on, doing? Rita probably might have thought maybe Sharon might mug me. Really, Sharon could have just taken the bag off her and pushed her over. She could, she and could gone have by grandma. Like, what? I mean, she, she does. She genuinely ever think that she's ever going to get anything off Rita again? Why not just steal the money? She's a criminal. She can. She orchestrated the kidnap of a young boy. Rita will always be there to give handouts to undeserving. She's not giving handouts anymore. She's keeping it all for herself, for her eyes. No, she's she's too um. She 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 is a little bit too trusting. I think it wouldn't. I wouldn't surprise me if she gets money off her again. If she comes back, I don't know. I'd like to come back because I want her and Jenny to have a proper fight. That's, yeah, I want that's them to the have biggest a, yeah. um, missed opportunity thanks to COVID. There was some tasing. Just, there was some tasing, but to have a proper full on Gail and Eileen style cat fight. Yeah, between like a scrambling Sharon and around, Jenny, and I reckon Jenny that, could take her so easy. Oh yeah, definitely. She'd snap her like a twig. Yep. I would love to see that. Mind you, so she's got there. She's got to come back one more time. For Sharon a, is for a greased with last, it. Last, last right. She could. You just run away, can not she? Yeah. Mind um, you, you know what? what? Sam Matthews runner. Oh yes, that's true. She'd have to. Um, she'd have to. She'd have to trend. pretend that she's not oh, a good runner. Oh, I can't runner. run after her. <laughs> um, you, you, what did you think about Leanne telling the truth in court? I was like, oh, yeah, okay. go Leanne. Did you? Th- I wasn't sure. Whether she actually would in the end, but I'm glad she it did. It was I illogical think... that she would not because she she promised to do what he said and he still kidnapped Sam. So yeah. he he kind of orchestrated his own I demise. Think, I think the storyline would have been unnecessarily and you know needlessly extended had she backed up Harvey's story. It feels like this story has run its course a little bit. Yeah. And. I don't need. I don't even need to see Harvey again because sometimes you got like e- even for the sentencing. I don't know because we never saw um. I just want... face? Scott last year when he got arrested. We didn't even see him on trial or anything. We just heard about it, so it could well yeah. be that. Yeah, we... could just be like, oh, he's got te- twenty years or something. Yeah, yeah, which would be weird if it if that's the end of Harvey because because they went he on had and on a load... about like oh yeah, we got well, Will Miller. Will Miller, he's playing a bad guy and everything, and he has been quite good, but. He's just been he's done mostly really well. in prison. I know, but he's done really, really well, considering that he spent... Is it? Has he ever been out of... He hasn't, has he? What do you mean? 
What do you mean? Well, not since he's been in prison. Yeah, he was out of prison for the beginning, wasn't he? I don't remember. Yeah, he, he, had, he beat up Jacob, didn't he? He started off out of I've prison. I've such a bad memory. But he, he's certainly been in jail more than he hasn't. So, so he's done really good work, Will Meller, being mm. in, you know, m- most of his scenes in a small room... Yeah. Shouting on the phone. Manage, he, I, I enjoyed watching him during the trial scenes, getting uh, getting riled <laughs> up today. I was also the. Um, I remember the other thing I was going to say when um, DS Glynn comes in and says new evidence has come to light which could change everything. I thought finally this is the moment where somebody's done their research on Leanne and found out about yes! Jez quickly. Finds out. Hang on a minute. You've been dealing. You've been involved when, with drugs before. Yeah. When the no, pos- when the defence when Harvey's defence started on saying Leanne you say blah 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 I was thinking yeah. oh they're going to say this isn't the first time you've been a drug dealer so it's so funny how it's not been brought up at all not because even if in they, passing if they brought this up mention of jazz. Like, I don't even know if they could do though this is the thing you're not allowed to bring up um, prior convictions no well, that not necessarily in court I'm just surprised about the whole of this story that one's that's not even been mentioned because was was Sharon around around the same time as Jess Quigley last year? Last year? I mean, you know, last time. I don't think she was. Maybe she was a year before. But anyway, never mind. Can't get them all. Um, at least maybe now it will mean that Jane Danson gets that rest that she's been deserving <sighs> since her, you know, unremitting 12 ye- a month. 12 a month? Tw- tw- 12, 12 month, episodes a month. 12 month long stint of non-stop Being in work. the, st- oh, the centre stage. Yeah. Um, she deserves it, and that's that's it. Nice, nice, nice climax to that story, which has had its ups and downs, but it certainly certainly went out on a high, even if it feels somewhat feels unresolved. unresolved. But we'll we'll see, we'll see. Sometimes they have big Monday finales, but I wouldn't surprise me if it if it doesn't get mentioned and we just hear about Harvey's sentencing on the phone. We will see. Over <laughs> to you, Gemma. With some Tully sales and marketing. Right, so Sean is very excited because he signed up another recruit for his double glammy seminar. And um Yeah, well he he he's he's got like three people, hasn't he, that he's going to try well, and this um, is the thing. win over. Da- Daisy's excited and she finds out it's only three people. Um so he so he's got his suit on, his nice skull pattern. Oh yeah, shirt. Nina would love that. He probably and, fished he probably, what was it? Somebody was telling him Oh, Eileen said you got that suit down the market, didn't you? You probably found the shirt in um in the bag behind the bins outside uh outside the kebab shop, and it's actually Nina's blouse. <laughs> that sh- that suit did not look like it came from a market. Whether or not you like the pattern is is uh nothing to do with how well it was tailored. Um, slightly too small though. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's how they get you these counterfeiters. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I love, I love that throughout Monday's episode, Sean was talking the talk. He was starting to sound like Ridian, wasn't he? It was yeah. so funny. You've written my first word wasn't mummy. It was mummy with a capital oh, M. It was money. It was money. I like that. That was quite good. So he's um, um, Eileen sees him. She's getting getting stuff out of his flash car. She kind of makes fun of him, and she says, um, "I'm not. You know, you're you're a grifter. This is a con." And he won't hear it. He flounces off and she's shouting down the road that you're better than this. I don't think he is, but, you know, <laughs> she, uh, she, uh, Eileen's being nice. So he does this presentation and it is in the bistro and he's got all his sales pitch and his clients are three young women who are steadily won over by his um, 
repetition of meaningless phrases like I don't know in it to win it or you go girlfriend or what does it say you gotta think big yeah what was what did it stand for I can't remember oh Business. I don't remember yeah something around yeah. we, we obviously were no we, we were not um taken in by this but they definitely were I was quite surprised how much they were taken in by it because at the, the, the first they weren't sure were they but well, because he was saying, look, he was basically going, look, I've made, I've made something of my life. Look at how, look at my designer outfit. You can come and look at my car. Which is exactly what Ridium was saying to him, like four or five months ago. Because first of all, they're quite young, and I guess a bit naive, and um, I don't know how he's won, he's won them over or get got them to come in. In, I don't know what he, how he convinced them to come to his seminar, but. There's a certain amount of filtering that happens for you to even get to the stage that you're agreeing to go to a meeting to to be told about a business. Mm. Like, I would never go anywhere to have a sales pitch at me, you know, to do a business opportunity. If the business opportunity is that good, I'll be knocking on your door, not the other way around. It's like when you get invited along to the timeshare presentations. No, thank it? you. Or they phone you up no. and say, oh, you've won, you've won a prize, but you've got to come and collect it. And did you, did you ever go to one of those when you were no. we, we did. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, mum and dad got invited to a timeshare thing. and I think, I don't think they got, I think they, they just wanted to go along for a laugh and have a, have a look bit, at it. No, yeah. no intention of signing up. But, okay. And, yeah, I remember and sitting how, in a, and how is the timeshare? I, I remember sitting in a hall. I must have only been about like ten, being actually bored out of my skull. Well, I don't know about timeshares, but I do remember somebody phoning me up saying that I'd won a hamper and I had to come and get it, but I needed to watch a presentation. I was like, okay, no, thank you. <laughs> but um, this is for an example why, when you get the these emails from you know, oh, I need I'm royalty from Nigeria and I need you to help me, blah 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 they deliberately make those quite obvious and spelled badly and um, to filter out people who are suspicious and of a bit of a higher intelligence. Mm. Which I know that sounds mean, but it is true. That's what they do. They deliberately pitch it to a certain level that they know they're going to get gullible people who can be taken advantage of. Yeah. So I think that this is kind of an example of that. Mm. Where I mean, they didn't seem too dense, these three girls, did they? People okay. Also, people of all types of intelligence can be suckered in, um, because being gullible isn't about being intelligent or not. I can be quite gullible because I don't ever expect people to lie to me, but having had been lied to very frequently, quite recently, I perhaps am going to be on my guard a bit more than mm. normal. But yeah, I I I don't want I don't think I want to lose this, just taking people on face value quality that I have because not everybody is a liar. No. But when when you get taken in by somebody, you can get Makes taken you in, can't you? Yeah. Carol comes in. Remember her? Yeah. Friend's homeless friend. She's back. Yeah, he's he's trying to do his pitch, and um, tries to get rid of her, um, but he can't really concentrate. So he goes outside, and she's begging him for money, basically going, "I can't get rid of this stuff. I haven't got any money. I need to pay my rent." And one of the girls comes out and sees them talking. And she's like, oh, I'll come back in a minute. And he tells Carol, how much do you need? And she's like, I need £400. And he says, well, I can only give you 50 quid at the moment. Yeah, she's just not been able to get rid of any of her stock, has she? She talks later about it, it all going well, manky. We'll talk about and... it in a minute, won't we? So he gives her 50 quid. So the presentation's gone well. 
And one of them says, oh, who, who's that woman? And she says, oh, oh, I just... Oh, this is when they're outside on the street and he's showing them his car. Yeah, and one of them wants a test drive and he barks so, Don't touch it. Um, so so she's lur- Carol's lurking behind a tree as the lady's saying, oh, who is that woman? And he says, oh, it's just one of my homeless projects. I bung her a grand every now and <laughs> then. Grand, yeah. And Carol's listening and, um, and kind of skulks away looking sad. Uh, on Wednesday, he is having breakfast with Eileen in the cafe and Bernie's sniping at him. Because obviously she's mad because Gemma got taken in by this. Mm. Um, Sean's like, I don't care, whatever. Carol comes to the pub to see Daisy. And this is when she says, I can't sell any of this stuff. And it's all starting to go a bit, bit gross and weird. And it's, uh, I, need, I, need you to get, I need to give it back to you. I want my money back. I wish I'd listened to Sean. And Daisy's like, nope, you can't have a refund. She's cutthroat that, Daisy. I know she is the perfect recruit for it for an MLM. I know she's just she, she's beat the system really, hasn't she? Really she really has. And kind her. of can't be mad at her either because someone's got to bloody make money out of these things. Otherwise, who? How on earth do they ever convince anybody? It can't yeah. just all be people lying. No, can it? I mean, I don't we, know. we were saying a few weeks ago, like, does Daisy really think this is a genuine good idea? But yeah, she's. I think she's she making does. Out of it. But I think. Good on her. I think. Um, she would probably recognise that she is in a uniquely privileged position to be able to make money out of this stuff. What's the position? The fact that well, she's got being, no empathy. Being yeah, being cutthroat, not having empathy for anybody else, being incredibly attractive and young, so all of the makeup looks amazing on her, and having a network of people who've got enough to put disposable income to buy that kind of stuff, and being very persuasive as mm. well. Like if I was walking around a market and I had money in my pocket, and Daisy was going, "Oh, come and buy this lipstick; it will look really great on you," I might buy it off her. Mm. You know? 50% off if you say you hate Johnny. <laughs> so, um, uh, Sean, is his heart is melting here. He feels guilty anyway, and now he feels even worse. He wants to tear up Carol's contract and give her her money back. Yeah, Daisy's he's, he's like, like no, saying, oh, can't no we way. just, you know, bend the rules a little bit just for Carol? Well, she, always... well, this is the thing. Daisy points out, I think, does she say, the whole business model is based on you not being able to sell, well... This is the point. You're not really selling it to customers. You're selling it to other people that are su- supposedly selling it to customers. But as far as I can tell, nobody ever sells it to anybody. It just gets passed down the mm. lines. So, um, Sean goes looking for Carol and finds her. Where else would she be? But she's passed out in Victoria Gardens on a bench. He calls an ambulance. Dr. Gaddis arrives because the ambulance hasn't turned up yet. So he just went to get her from the medical centre. Or maybe she's having a meal somewhere. <laughs> yeah, Father's Day um, attempt two at yeah. Speedale this time. <laughs> she, she hangs around with um, Carol for quite a long time, does Gaddis, doesn't she? If I was one of her, um, her patients at the medical centre, I'd when be you go, When you go for, for your appointment at the doctor's and they're like an, an hour, hour late, late it's because yeah. they're buggering around down the local park. I thought this was a little bit over dramatic way to help Sean see sure. the error of his ways. I thought this fit with what, what Carol, who Carol yeah, is. Yeah, it did fit. But... Um, so, yeah, I think Gaddis gives her some kind of antidote. The, the, the word she said, no, but there is, no, it's called Narcan in America, but I don't, it, she didn't say that here. But there's a certain drug that you can give people that counteracts the effects of another drug so lots of people say that you should always have it on you in case you find somebody um who's because mm. you can save lives very easily 
but because you know people people are overdosing yeah she's got all sorts in that medical bag hasn't she she's got all, all kinds of stuff plasters rescue remedy EpiPen. <laughs> um she says you lollipops should... <laughs> for the brave soldiers <laughs> a little sticker that says i'm a brave girl um she says dr gallus says she should probably go to hospital and carol says no i'm not going because i just get lectures and I don't want to face up to it. And Gallister goes, well, you might die. Uh, Sean, make sure she doesn't die. And then, and then leaves. And Carol says, well, I wish I had died. Um, she talks to Sean in the cafe and says about how horrible everything has been. Um, and I think she mentions the fact that the money that he gave her, she just immediately spent it on drugs. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, she thought that double glammy was a way to a normal life, but it obviously isn't. See, this is the thing. When you're desperate, you kind of ignore the warning signs. I can't get mad at people that fall for these things, even though to me it seems really obvious. But um, it's just really... It's so frustrating. So um, Arlene chats with Sean. Carol's off at her mates. Arlene says, I barely recognise you these days. It's all down to this stupid double glammy stuff. And Sean says, yeah, okay. I, I, I realised it wasn't con. I got caught up in it. It was too late. I tried to put it Carol. Daisy wouldn't let me. I'm going to put it right. Oh, good. How are you going to do that, Sean? You're gonna... Very easily, apparently. You... Well, uh, you know, the, I mean, one of the ways to do it would be to help Carol get into a rehab centre and set her up with somewhere to live and get her a job. But no, he's gone to the press to tell them how horrible Double Glammy is and, and then he washes his hands of it and that's that's it, done. Mm. So on Friday, a buyer's coming round to see the Rovers and um, Jen- Daisy's saying, look, we should still buy it. I want to buy it with you. I can get a loan. You can get a mortgage. We can go in together. And um, uh, Jenny doesn't feel like that she puts much into it, does she? Because she like gets a five percent share at the end of the week. Uh, Jenny's saying. I know, but if you think about how much, say it's a hundred thousand mm. pounds, and she needs a five grand deposit and she doesn't have it, and then Daisy gives her five grand, then that's five percent, literally. Okay. <laughs> that's math there. Good math. But you see, what I mean? like, because you can at the moment, you can get a mortgage with quite a low deposit mm. because they're trying to encourage people to... Well, I'm glad I don't that think they're trying to encourage people to buy pubs, though. I'm glad that Jenny <laughs> can get the majority because even if bloody Ronnie Bailey does come in trying to bail her out, Bailey bail her, her out, out, then he will only be a very, very, very minority shareholder in the pub. Well, I think if I was Daisy, I'd be a bit annoyed about this idea that I was only getting 5% share, but mm. she's obviously not... Um, I don't know how much. I just p- plucked five grand out of the air. I don't know how much she actually I can't is. Remember but, what she's, um, whether they said or not. So she's, she says, I can go and get a, a loan for this amount. It's no big big deal. I'm getting loads of money. So I can just... Uh, oh, I just looked up um, Larkan. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's Nalalek Oxstone. Is that what Gallif said? There's lots, of different, there's lots of different names for it, but it's the same thing. Naloxone, which is um, for opioid opioid overdoses, which is what I guess she got given. So, um, yeah, so so Jen, uh, Daisy emphasises that she can get the loan because of all the money that she's getting from Double Glammy. Bear mm-hmm. that in mind. <laughs> Just a minute. You don't need to keep it in your head for too long. <laughs> um, Mary chats with the Morden and Sean in the cafe. He's going to quit the business. He calls a meeting with Daniel, Gemma and Carol. Because Do you these know this? Are... I was like... 
It's, it's Daniel Parter double glamour. I can't remember. I can't remember. It's always been going on like, so long. It's quite possible, but no, he was well, there as a member of the press, wasn't he? He's already got an um, interest in a beard oil company, so I can't imagine him investing. Oh, yes, in double of course, glamour. the beard oil. Who could have forgotten about that? <laughs> oh yeah. Andy's doing his PGCE at the moment. Of course, Don't forget. He's How's that very going, busy Daniel? man. Yeah, well, he he's just, just in the middle of the day. Middle of the day, he goes around Has to... he finished his PGC now? Because now is about the time that the students finish, but let's not forget, well, he only started name. in January. All right. So I don't know. Mm. So he says, um, sorry for involving you in this. I will pay you back. And I cannot believe that the this is the, the, the all the people that he's scammed. Two people. Well, he, he said, really I tried to bad... get more people, but it was a last minute, but that was just an excuse. So I think we're supposed to believe there have been more. Unless he was, you know, they, he literally hasn't been able to talk to anybody else. Well, this else, is the thing. For all the hand-wringing that he's he's um, coming up with and how sad he feels, he's he's only managed to to recruit Gemma and Carol and both of those backfired spectacularly almost immediately. How is he making money out of this bloody thing? No, he's not. I, I think that's a bit more. All right. He says, sorry, yeah, and Daniel's there because he's going to tell the press all about it and Daniel wants to interview them anonymously. about Double Glammy. Shocker. Daisy goes to the bank to ask for a loan and Jenny's worried about herself getting into debt. She's like, no, don't worry about it. Double Glammy money is going to pay for this because I'm raking it in. Then she comes back. I got the loan. Um, Don't forget, Double Glammy is all I need. Um, Ronnie says, if you need any more money, I'll help you. And Jenny says, we definitely don't because of double glammy. Sean is telling Gemma how Ridian is threatening to sue him, but he doesn't care because he's free. Daisy come over, comes over and she hears what is going on. She's absolutely livid. Then we see Johnny coming into the pub to find out that he has... That you know, he, she and Daisy are buying the pub, and Daisy's got five percent share. Blah 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 blah. Johnny warns her about Daisy, but he says, "Oh well, congratulations anyway." Then Daisy goes to find Daniel in the bistro, who's sitting there like he's writing his piece with his laptop open, and she's like, "Listen, uh, um, you need to uh, understand that this is actually not a bad thing for everybody. Like I've made loads of money out of it." Blah 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 blah. There were two quite devious minds there up against each other, weren't there? Two very clever characters trying to outsmart each other. And, uh, well, well shall Daniel we call ended her up... devious oh, yeah, rather okay. than clever? And she says, look, lots of people put them, rely on Double Glammy for their, for their money, for putting food on the table, keeping them sane, raising their children. Can't you hold off the article till you've done a bit more research into the positive sides of these, this stuff? And he's like, no, actually, because I've already submitted it. Actually, guess what? It's online right now. Double scamming. And he shows her the, the article. Um, she's furious and she leaves. Then she's on the phone to the bank later and it turns out that they've cancelled her loan. You said you said that, but I don't know what it was. She said... Well, they said they've said they cancelled her account or something. Yeah, I, I don't remember. know whether don't... that's Double Glammy cancelled her account or whether the loan is cancelled. No, I, th- I think it's the loan. I'm pretty she's sure been cancelled because she was rude on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Daisy returns to the pub. Jenny and Johnny have already sorted out all of the mortgage stuff. It's that easy. Uh, just sign a bit of paper. I owe you one pub. I owe you the cash for one pub. Done, done, done. Yeah, sign your TR1 form. Swap it over. Get sorted. someone to witness it. Bada boom, bada bing. I didn't even get anyone Here's to witness your it. Here's pub. Daisy's like, oops, and she doesn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, Can I just say, like, um, I wouldn't call myself a good journalist, but surely 
I'd, I've never... Well, I've, I've written some stuff for a paper. But when I was in work experience. But surely you need to ask Double Glammy for a statement. Like, surely you can't just write an article and go, this is the worst scam ever in the history of the world. I, like, I, just, I just think this seems like a really um, unsafe thing for the paper to just... You know what I mean? Yeah. Normally when you read it in an article and you're like, oh, this is a terrible thing, blah, blah, blah. At the end it will be, Double Glammy was contacted for comment but refused. Yeah. Well, I mean, they could have just... He could have said a representative of Double Glammy was was contacted or or even like Sean is a representative of Double Glammy I suppose wasn't he that they could have I just don't think it would make it, you would really get away with publishing something without actually asking for any comment officially I would have thought but, that Daniel should have had a bit more integrity as a journalist but no journalists don't have any integrity what are you Daniel about? Barlow does um, Daniel Barlow Osborne as was <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think that um, he could have interviewed Daisy as well and just stitched her up as well to make her well, seem like a Well, he tried to, didn't he? He got out his notepad and she was like, no, I'm not having any of that, mate. Well. So that was, that was quite fun. Um, I, I'm still quite intrigued to find out what's happening with the Rovers. I am, I am genuinely very, very glad that it looks like Jenny is going to get it. I mean, we're obviously supposed to think, oh no, what's going to happen now? I'm still utterly convinced that Uncle Ronnie's going to come in there and save the day at the last moment. Well, I am too. It seems really obvious now. I, I just think that... I, I think Daisy's... Because he got it. He basically said in this episode, yeah, I've got I've the got money them, if I've you got loads it. of money just waiting, ready for you. Yeah. Come and get my money, But the, the fact that Jenny is going to be in charge of the Rovers, presumably for a lot longer to come, does make me very, very happy indeed. She just needs the, this, this deposit money now. And the question is, is... Daisy going to do something shady well, yeah, or you, desperate to get we were, hold of the money or is Jenny going to? Yeah, well, you basically said when we were watching it, oh, is she going to mug Rita? Because Rita's <laughs> toddling around the cobbles with nine grand in her handbag, isn't she? Yeah. So um, having Jenny... I, I don't know whether we're... Sub- I don't think Daisy's evil enough to do that. She's not being portrayed at the moment as a completely unsympathetic, you know, old biddy mugger, is she? So, no, she's just um, cut, a bit cutthroat, isn't she? And yeah. there are plenty of people like that and, in the world. Um, I mean, they, they could ask Rita to invest. Rita's already shown in the past that she doesn't think that the Rovers is a quality investment, or at least it wasn't back in 1995. So, I don't know. I, I just think it's it feels inevitable, and I don't want to moan too much about it until that happens. I've already moaned about it. This is, sometimes I get a real beam up on it about saying that I'm convinced it's going to happen in Coronation Street, then it never does, so... I, I've got nothing more to say about that. I, I really liked... Oh, I was going to say this. I liked the bit where... Um, I can't remember which story this was in, but was it when Jenny made Ronnie breakfast and she was telling him that Sharon had been arrested or something? And the way she said that she's been arrested and she did this hilarious smile, like, hooray! Yeah. I thought that was really funny. She was so funny. It's, I mean, it's it's not for no reason that, that Jenny had Ronnie around for breakfast. No. Let's face it. There's, I just think it just uh, feels like she, he's going to... At the last minute, Daisy's going to say, oh, no, I haven't got the money. And, and so Jenny's going to have to ask him for the money and he's going to yeah. get inf- himself involved a bit more than she wants to. And she'll be like, oh, no, I can't. Oh, and no. he'll be like, yes, you can. And she'll say, oh, no, no, but I can't. And he'll say, oh, well, I'll just be the landlord. Mm. 
So is this is this properly the end of the double gammy storyline now? Because we'd been moaning for a while about this, the fact that it drags on and on and on, and it like like the Sharon story, it felt like it had an incredibly abrupt ending this week. The fact that Sean was able to just drop it after all these weeks of saying I'm, I'm trapped this in here, really and I was annoying. like, no, it's fine. Well, Ridian's threatening to sue me. Whatever, I'll be fine. It's like, oh, oh no. okay then. He's he's. And he said, I'll pay everybody back all the money. What, yeah. Where? How? What? Where, it feels what like we, we don't need to see it, really. We'll just assume that it's happened. And next time we see Sean, they'll hope we'll have forgotten about but it. But they set up all these things like he, he rented this car. That wasn't free. Well, he's, yeah, he's yeah I mean, I'm guessing Ridian's going to get the car back. With no back. money. Is he going to go back to living at Eileen's again? Well, it's worse than that. It's not like he's, he's, he's spent money out on mm. this business. You know, he's... I hope that it gets some kind of Anytime you have to spend money on someone else's business to get your own business going, that's a scam. Mm. I hope it has some kind of conclusion because as much as I've kind of bemoaned the the lengthiness of this story, it's been been all right, been a bit different. And it's been nice that Sean's got a story. Can I just say also, yeah, Sean, great. I'm just saying, with with Sean and um, Daisy, the sad thing is they really could have made a business themselves selling products that they made themselves with the work ethic that they had and how much effort they've put into all of this, they could have made like a soap, you know, like Sinead used to do, make soaps or candles or, mm. you know, lipsticks or, or lip balm or so many businesses that you can open yourself online on Etsy or eBay or, or anything. There's so many places to sell stuff. And if you're really, really... um what's the word, motivated, you can make success out of a little business. Well, maybe they will, because, I mean, I Sean think... is now unemployed, isn't he? Because, well, does he work at the Rovers still sometimes? I can't remember. Rovers. He doesn't work at the factory anymore, does he? After he, um, after What's-His-Face nearly slipped on his, his products <laughs> his the, other, the, other, the other month. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I think they're just going to pack Sean into a box again for another five years. Why and... doesn't Daniel say to Sean... Look, Carla's not done a buggering thing with this beard oil company Maybe for will. like two years. Why don't you take over the beard oil company and um, my son is a silent partner and he gets 50% of the profits and you get 50% of the profits. It's already branded. It's already got a sob story lined up for it. And with your I used to be homeless thing... I don't think Sean can grow a beard, though. He's going to have to have one of these fake beards hooked over his ears. Just go, (laughs) oh, my beard oil. Oh, fake it till you make it. (laughs) And and then he can kind of whip it off and get a really really bushy fake beard and go, oh, look how how lustrous it is. It's amazing. Maybe, maybe not. Right, rutting ties storyline. Dobbs of ink. So, Wednesday. (laughs) Dobbs of ink. Dobbs of ink. Um, That's just bad. So Tyrone's supposed to have some kind of motorbike test today, is he? For so that he can he can ride on his um his yellow hog. Is that the right word? Um, legally, so. and um, he hog. he says he hasn't passed it. And then Alina thinks that he's doing a classic curry faker like you always do when you're doing a driving <laughs> test. But it turns out he really didn't pass his oh, test. Oh dear! Um, but he tells yeah he tells her he did. Um, so doesn't he? he says oh yeah I'm only I'm only kidding of course I have. Um, and then we have some more funny scenes of uh, Fizz and Evelyn making fun of Tyrone and his leathers. There was that great scene where he was he dropped his keys on the floor and because he was had his tight trousers on, he wasn't able to bend down to pick him up. Pick him up. That was funny. He hasn't learned his lesson. He hasn't. Never drop anything. Oh, I thought the lesson was wear loose trousers. <laughs> That's what I've been doing for the past five years. 
So um, they they go over to him and have a bit more of a mock. Was Evelyn was telling, calling him a bendy balloon man or something. He's like, do us a giraffe or something because he's squeaking every time he moves. It's so cruel, but it was really I'm not, mean. I'm not tired of it. It was Alina. Alina standing there looking really, really upset and um, and defenceless, while Tyrone just kind of squinting and mad, and squinting Evelyn and, and Fizz were just there with their takeaway coffees, going. <laughs> I can understand Fizz doing it, but go on, Evelyn's family. She shouldn't really be. This anyway. is this just cements what all the anti-fizz people have been saying all along oh it really mean. really does it really does but it was funny um and tyrene then admits that he didn't pass his test and uh alina is kind of a bit disappointed well, a bit she, when she finds also, out that he's been lying to her he says it right in front of blimmin fizz too yeah yeah so um ty's fuming about fizz in the flat later and alina tries to get him out of it and he's she's like oh you you need to have some fun so um, that fun involves going along to tattoo do nicely, apparently, and getting um, matching tattoos, get inked up, which um, is kind of hinted at at the beginning of Friday's episode because he's there talking with Steve. Steve's got his little push bike from his races that he does, and Tyrone's on his little learner bike. Yeah. And um, at the end of the scene, he kind of goes to lift his. He's like, "Let me let me show you this, Steve," and he lifts up his. Um, his trousers and Steve sees something but we don't see what it is sadly and annoyingly Coronation Street had tweeted out a picture of this tattoo I know, I'm actually had you, annoyed. Had you seen it as well yeah it's very annoying I wish that they hadn't done that um and then there was a weird scene where Tyrone falls off his bike. Obviously, they can't show Alan Hulsell falling off a bike and it landing on top of him because health and safety wouldn't really like them doing that. So they show him having a bit of a wobble. And the next thing we see, he's got this bike on top of him in the um, least convincing squash character shot since um, Abby had that motor fall on top of her last year. Remember that one when she got yeah. pinned underneath it? Oh, my shoulder. Oh, I can't um, pull my arm And of out. course, who's the one that finds him there? Fizz, who seems to just be constantly going over to the garage. I was going to say, Fizz can't leave this man alone. And number, and number one. And number two, how many times is Tyrone getting himself in bothers to have Fizz come and point? Oh, like, no. what's his face out of The Simpsons? Yeah, she's <laughs> a bit of a ha-ha, doesn't she? <laughs> She and she takes a he's photo as well. It's far too easy for her. She takes a photo and he thinks that she's gone to show the girls later, but then she's like, No, I, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but she has shown Evelyn anyway. Um, Tyrone decides to get themselves a mediator called. What Tonya. was it? It was annoying. Yeah, a name that sounded a bit like Toya, but it was somebody who knows Toya. I think they must have sat next to each other in counsellor's class yeah. or something. So Tonya comes round um, and. Um, it seems, she seems a bit pointless. The, during the meeting, Tyrone's got a sore leg and uh, eventually Fizz is like, Show it, what, what are you doing? What's wrong with your leg? Lift your, lift your leg up. And um, yeah, he's got this, this tattoo, which is the Romanian flag, the Union flag, and a T and an A. And both um, Fizz and Alina think that he will make a joke about him joining the Territorial Army. Of course, teacher point of view, it's teaching assistant is what TA stands for. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and and, and I said, also, well, Jade was a teaching assistant, wasn't she? So maybe he's secretly hankering after her. Also, TNA is a rude um, thing in America. You did tell me it stood for something rude as well. Yeah, I didn't know that one. Um, anyway, so the meeting doesn't go well. It stands for Tartars and Bum Bums. Yes. Um, so tar- Fizz, Fizz <laughs> is still kind of undermining him, basically. She's not being very nice, but I don't care. She does, he deserves it still. So he goes home and there is a policeman looking for him. And this is another thing that I'd had spoiled this week. I hadn't seen week. this. Very, very annoyed about it. Well, what I'd seen was a headline saying, um, shocked off-screen death 
shocks Tyrone or something See, like that. I saw this. somebody, I saw an article that said um, shocking off screen death for box set soap and it had EastEnders. Oh, really? So I was like, oh, that's weird. No, I'd and I also was... did see a picture of Kirsty um, in a tweet, but I didn't see... You didn't put two and two together. No, because I, I, I was going, oh, what's happened? I was saying to you, oh, you said I know what this is about. And I was like, yeah. oh, I wonder what's happening. No, yet yeah, to, poor Tyrone in his off-screen family deaths. First Jackie, now Kirsty. Well, I was Don't trying to work there out. Left. There's Darren. I was trying Darren, to work Darren, out what, um, Darren. what could possibly have happened... Um, I was like, oh, someone di- someone died. Who could it be? Who does he have? I don't know. And I was I... trying, like, his mum, his real mum's dead and his fake mum's dead. So is it his dad's? But we yeah. don't know his dad's, or does he know his dad's? I was trying yeah, to work yeah, it out. Yeah, it's that Darren, isn't it? I know, but... I, I thought that these I've... scenes were very well done and I wish this hadn't been spoiled online because we, we don't hear what his news is. Then we see him talking on the phone to someone saying, oh, it's me again, I need to talk to you. And we're kind of, we, we, it's purposefully ambiguous about whether he's talking to Alina or Fizz at that yeah. time. And then we have Alina coming back to her flat later, but Tyrone's not there. So it's obviously that he's been talking to Fizz and it's like, oh, what's what's gone on that's so serious? Because he looked really, really shaken when he was on the on, yeah. on the. Uh, on the call earlier and um yeah he turns up at fizzers with the news that Kirsty is dead oh, how is he gonna no. how am i gonna tell ruby she's never in any scene she's always locked in the toilet or at a friend's house for a sleepover or how I am i gonna to tell her um i didn't i thought this was sad it was and we both were I, like oh this feels like a bad move because now they've cut off that entire possibility i for, know um future it's a real shame lines. it really feels like it's very um, similar to the the Jackie Dobbs yeah, one. Yeah, a where... bit misguided where they've they've made a massive um, story plot development, and and they've done it for really quite I don't know they've done it so that they can kind of bring Tyrone and Fizz together because it seems like this might be a bit of a wake up call for Tyrone and the fact that he he wanted to confide in Fizz rather than Alina but says listen, a lot. I know, I know, I agree with you that the whole point of this was. <laughs> that we see that in his moment of crisis, he can only turn to Fizz. Yeah. Right? I, but I, can I just suggest that another way of doing this without killing Kirsty off would have been to have had Evelyn have a funny turn or go to the hospital for some reason. Yeah. Um, it, it felt bigger than it needed to be. And I was... It really was like... Uh, yeah, yeah. K- killing... Just literally killing Kirsty off for this thing. Yeah, for the shock. Seemed the... Um, overkill, literally. <laughs> she, she's had an aneurysm. Her... Not only has Kirsty been killed off, but Kirsty's mum's been killed off. And I don't think we'd known that before, but I really liked Kirsty's mum from what she we saw right, of her as she? well. She was good, so Kirsty's mum. At what mom. point has poor Ruby's nan died and nobody's told her this, or we didn't find I'm out? I'm sure there might be a listener listening saying, actually, we found out that Kirsty's mum was dead in 2015. Nobody can but... find her dad, so he's like the next of kin. Yeah, yeah, which is why they came round and told him after all. And he's really concerned about how he's going to tell Ruby this. And they just have a nice little bond, Fizz, Fizz and Tyrone does. And Tyrone so... says to, to, to Fizz, oh, Kirsty was never a real mum, you were a real mum. And that made her smile. And, and Fizz says, look, I'm gonna, I'll help you talk to Ruby if you want to. So it was kind of This lovely, was also really. the other thing um, that Tyrone was saying, oh, I don't know how to feel about this because... You wouldn't, would you? Because he, she was abusive. She, yeah. she beat him physically and but abused he also, him mentally. He also really loved her. He was going to marry her at one point. And they had a child together. Yeah, it counts and, for something, doesn't it? And, um, you know, even when somebody has had a negative impact in your life when they die, 
especially so young and unexpectedly this is gonna completely knock you for six and also i don't like it when people die out of nowhere no i know it makes you think about your own mortality doesn't it well remember our, our friend had his sister she was incredibly close to having an aneurysm. She had to have a, a brain operation because they found... I'll tell you later. I can't remember who we're talking about. Was it me? It wasn't you. Um, anyway, end of the episode, um, Emma comes home and Alina, who was feeling a little bit queasy earlier and didn't want any of Emma's food, is still feeling sick. And Emma's like, oh, what if you're pregnant? And Alina says... I don't know. Maybe I am. <gasps> Shocker. Oh. And that was another thing that I'd had spoiled for me. What? Well, Alina in pregnancy shocker or something oh. like that. I, I thought is she pregnant? I, d- I don't. I don't know that for tr- for I sure. I think pretty much any seasoned soap watcher has been watching Alina and Tyrone going. Well, wonder how long it's going to be before she gets knocked well, out. The amount that they've been bouncing around in the bedroom. I'm um, surprised <laughs> well, that hasn't happened soon. You're going to have to have honest. a break soon, Tyrone, because it looks like she's not very well. I do I th- think she is. I, I'm going to say no. I think that the way soaps go is that if a character is going to have some kind of pregnancy shocker, you find out in that episode. I, I think that if they really wanted to have it as a cliffhanger, it would have been, yes, I'm pregnant. So I, I think wonder what's going to happen. We, we've had it a few times before where there's been, oh, are they pregnant? Oh, no, they're not. It's fine. But, you know, that's made me really think. I think that's what Tyrone's going to think. He's going to He's going to realise... Alina's going to say, I think I might be pregnant. I need to get a pregnancy test or something. And he's going to be like, blimey, I don't want a baby with her. I need to step back from this. Well, the thing I was saying to you when I was watching her face, she doesn't look happy about this at all. No. She, you would think she would be over the moon. Um, she loves, if she genuinely loves Tyrone and she, but you know, maybe it's a bit too early for her and she doesn't want to. Yeah, she she just wants to she have looks scared. fun and frolicking. Is it going to be, you know, you're saying, oh, Tyrone's going to be the one that freaks out and backs off. Is it Alina? Is Alina saying, God, no, this is not what I want? Because she was saying, she keeps saying things over and over again. Like, oh, you know, responsibilities and everything's all well and good, but, you know, you want to have fun and relax. I don't think her idea of fun is having a baby. No, no. So maybe she would be the one that would freak out and back out of this. I, do, I, do, I think that should be just... Maybe we should be a bit more careful, Tyrone. Maybe I should go on, on the pill or something like that. But no, I, th- I, think, I think Tyrone... should be on the pill. I think this is going to be a wake-up call for Tyrone, coupled with the fact that he's going to realise, yeah, I did turn to a fizz But then in my why is Lena need. looking so sad? Yeah, like, no, I agree with you. She doesn't want to have a baby. But... Yeah, I, I think that Tyrone is going to is going to realise. All right, so but if she's not pregnant, then what's wrong with her? There's obviously something really serious. Well, no, she's probably just got a bit of bad stomach upset or something. What you think this whole storyline's revolving around Alina really just needing to do a massive fart somewhere? To be honest, I mean she is a very pretty young woman. Maybe she soup. feels quite inhibited to fart around Tyrone because that's when you really know that, that you're Tyrone a proper couple when you feel it's okay to perhaps let a few little unpleasant noises slip once and again. <laughs> oh, it's just the motorbike. No, but she I th- probably. No, I think, I I think that she's a- fine. She'll turn out she's fine. But the, there was the pregnancy that's not scare. That's how soap works. That's exactly how soaps work. People think that they're pregnant and it turns out, oh no, I must have just eaten something funny. But there was, oh, right. wasn't there a bit of a cliffhanger based on it, you know? I, I thought I was pregnant, be. but I just needed to fart. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's going to be. I'm pretty, I'm pretty <laughs> sure about it. I don't really? think Alina's going to be pregnant. Really? Yeah. Okay, all right. We'll, yeah. we'll find out what, in do you nine think? months' time. <laughs> 
What, yeah, what's the date? Are we get yeah, it's not yeah, it's not, not another bit, Christmas, it's not baby. Christmas baby, no. unless it's another pre- premature baby. Yeah, um, how, how do you think Alina's going to react when she finds out that Tyrone has confided in Fizz before coming to her? You, I mean, I would, you'd you'd have to pretend that you understood because they have a, a massive shared history here and. What they went through yeah, together Kirsty means with nothing Kirsty. to Alina. I think she's too young and immature to really, really get what happened. I don't think she's too young to understand what happened. But um, you, you, you'd have to be like, oh, I understand it. It's very hard for you. But really, you'd be like, why is he such a bastard? <laughs> I'm glad that Tyrone went to Fizz. Me Because as much as I've enjoyed all the making fun and everything, I do still want them to get back together and this could be the first steps towards that. Do you think so? I don't want her to go back with him. Yeah, I do. I'm, I am a bit sick of him, though, sort of using her every time he needs an extra... And she's so accommodating, too. Like, oh, the children, oh, man, you know. <sighs> do you think that... Do you think we're going to see the... um? The scene of them telling Ruby? No. Will Ruby care? Who's that? She's literally nothing to her, is she? She's, well, I like the speech when, you know, uh, Tyrone was t- saying... That's why Fizz needs to be there when um, when she, Ruby gets told. Because if Tyrone says, yeah, your mum's dead, then she's Ruby's like, oh, going to no. think that she's talking about Fizz. Yeah. Um, anyway, this was all still fun. like this storyline. This is one of my favourite storylines of the year by far. Yeah, okay. I, I just it. think there's a massive... It's just a massive untold story here of of Kirsty to be honest. Yeah, oh, yeah, there is. Like what there is. I... why was Kirsty why did Kirsty not come for Ruby? What was what was her reasoning? Why was she alone in a flat? Why hasn't she got any friends left? Mm. You know, where's her dad? Has she got any siblings? Has she not got anybody in the whole world? I mean, I know she was a horrible person and it's you know, perhaps it's um a bit of sexism in, in action here to say you know, expect her to be a redeemable character after she was so abusive to Tyrone, whereas you would never extend such a sympathy towards a male character. No. Like, nobody would be like, oh, poor Charlie Stubbs died alone in his flat. You'd be like, ha, ha, good. L- long enough time has passed now. This is like eight, nine years that she could have redeemed herself and, you know... Kirsty was... Turned into a nun or something. But she... Yeah, and she also... She dobbed herself in at the last minute. Yeah. And it really does... It does show the sexism of the... You, people's reactions to different types of abusers because we just had um yasmine and jeff jeff (laughs) and nobody would have cared if jeff had died of an aneurysm would they no but i feel a bit sorry for there there was a level of sympathy but they built that sympathy into kirsty's character because they knew they could get away with it because she's a woman Mm. um and i you know is it fair no it's not really yeah yeah. But then oh, well. what's the solution? Is it that we give sympathy to male abusers too or do we give no sympathy to female abusers? It's really... Yeah. I think in a way Kirsty was a bit more of a nuanced... She didn't even have to come back as a sympathetic character. She could still come back as a crazy Ruby kidnapper, Well, we were she? waiting but for her to come and say, now, I want my baby Now back. the opportunity is gone. And, I know. Um, yeah, maybe a little short-sighted. It is a bit silly because, you know, that was There are other ways they could have enabled Fizz yes. and Tyrone to have a serious heart-to-heart There's together. a storyline that could have happened, you know, when Ruby, in yeah. 10 years' time, Ruby could have gone looking for Kirstie. Natalie Gamedia was a real asset to the programme. She was fantastic. She was so good. She, she deserved those awards she was getting. Right, next story, Emma de la Mer. Oh, I don't like Curtis. On Monday, Emma invites Tracy to the bistro because she's got a voucher for half price if they go for lunch at half past ten. Um, Mental. 
Yes. So I can't believe they're serving. I don't even think McDonald's serves breakfast, uh, lunch at half past <laughs> ten anymore. I think it's eleven. You have to wait for you before you can get a burger. So I guess maybe that's one one thing the bistro's got over McDonald's. Yeah. So uh, when they're in the bistro waiting to order, Emma is whittering on about burrito meaning little donkey, which is quite funny. Um, Do you think when they have their Christmas nativity plays in Spanish? Or whatever they say. Burrito. 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 <laughs> I, I haven't been to any Spanish nativity plays. Or Navidad, as they call it. Oh, yeah. Feliz Navidad. <laughs> Burrito for... What? Burrito. What? <laughs> carry on, carry on, carry on. Is that it? Or this, the... this story can basically summarise in about three sentences, I can't know. it? Let me just say it anyway. Go so on, he asks around a date. Tracy jumps in. This is the classic... Somebody gullible gets bad dating advice from an idiot and ruins almost ruins their chances for love. But at the last minute, explains it was all a big. And don't forget that classic curry misunderstanding. It wasn't uh, my girlfriend. It was my sister slash wine merchant. Oh yeah, we were both convinced it was going to be her sister because we had that with um, Henry as well, didn't we? When um, Henry's sister comes comes right and, and sees him in the uh, Guinness one time. Or was it Cressida? I can't... I don't know, but... There's a lot of noise coming from my hall at the moment. I think the maybe, cat's doing something. I think, I think she got, might have a mouse. I think she might have a mouse there. Yeah, I think she might be okay. eating a mouse in the hall. So... We'll, we'll leave her to it. We'll leave her to it. So, um... He, he asked her... Yeah, Tracy Jumpson says, Oh, no, she's really busy because it's Steve's birthday coming up and Emma's disappointed, but she lets um Tracy take the front seat because now Tracy is basically Emma's mum. Yeah. As she says. Back home, Emma asks Tracy what's going on and Tracy says, listen, you've got to play it hard to get. Hold out. Don't put out. Um, don't say, oh, I'll see you next Tuesday. She'll even bother to wear pants. <laughs> Emma says, okay, right. Yeah, I'll change tack. Maybe I'll text him and invite him out next week. And Tracy says, no, you need to ignore him for at least three days. God, this is so bloody cliche. I think I think those characters that are involved here, Tracy and Emma, both characters that I like, helped save this because it really was, it really was paint by numbers, this story, wasn't it? Yes, it, what it really, what it felt like, just they've got a Oh, I wonder somewhere. what's going to happen over the next couple of episodes. Curtis has been bombarding Emma with text messages and she's finding it difficult to ignore them. Steve's struggling with the idea that it's his birthday tomorrow and Oliver will not be there to celebrate. Fuck. Um Curtis sees Emma on the street and she's all flustered and it looks like he thinks he's getting the brush off. But then Steve sees him in the cafe and says, oh, how are things going with Emma? And he says, oh, I don't... Uh, she seems to not be interested anymore. So Steve says, oh, I'll investigate, see what's going on. So he sees Emma, who says, Tracy's been advising me and she even taught me how to do a poker face. <laughs> and then she does this really... This is what I was saying about Emma, Emma saving this story. She had so many good little lines she and expressions. She just like does this serious this week, frown. And then Steve's like, yeah. And she's like, yes, that's right. Um, so uh, she thinks she's blown it with him. So back at number one, Steve and Tracy are bickering in front of Emma about how she should go forward with Curtis. So she resolves to get glammed up and go and see him. She meets him. She goes to meet him, but she sees him getting into the car with another woman. Oh, no. On Friday, Emma tells Tracy and Steve what happened. Tracy says, it sounds like he's just a sleazy rat and it's a close shave. Steve confronts him and he says, that was a wine merchant and I really like Emma. So Emma turns up at the bistro because she's been invited there for Steve's birthday tea and then Curtis brings her some champagne and sits down and says, actually, this is secretly a date. 
And back at number one, Steve is very proud of himself and his cupidly ways. And he and Tracy go to have a birthday bath and bonk. And they all lived happily ever after. Oh, well, lovely. I, I'm well, so at least, by that... at least Emma and Curtis are a couple now. I kind of thought that they still were about three or four weeks ago when he first in, um, was introduced, but... Do you buy this woman's up a wine merchant? Yes, I do. I think there's more to Curtis than meets the eye. I don't. I think it was just very, very tried and tested waters. I don't like Utterly him. cliche. I don't like Curtis at I all. I think he's fine. He no. just hasn't mm-hmm. got much of a personality yet, has he? Apart from, you know... Bistro hunk. He reminds me a bit of Andy. No, he's no, he's not like Andy. Why? He's, he's cooler than Andy. Uh, is he writing a book about zombies? I think not. Oh, I thought you were talking about Andy McDonald. No, Andy McDonald. That's a bit of a blast from the past for me to go out with. Yeah. Oh, I don't mean. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. really surprised it's it didn't fine. turn out to be just Curtis's sister who was picking him up. This yeah, is what I mean. This is twist. why I don't trust the fact that she's a wine merchant. Why was she giving him a lift? Mm, he's got a dark warehouse. secret. No, I don't think so. I'd like it if he did, just so that it isn't totally cliche. But he's I'm actually training it. to be an evil doctor. Oh yeah, he is a doctor. Um, he asked Emma whether she was at the university or studying or something this week. Like, no. He's. Um, I think that. I, I hope that they look good together. I just. I think that um, some people would say that she's a little bit beneath him, but we know she's got a heart of gold, and he'd be lucky to have her. Final storyline. Don't story think she line. can challenge him intellectually. Final storyline of the night is the dire straight storyline where we find out about Summer's dia- diagno- diagnosis, Diagonal. diabetes diagnosis. Um, so Todd's in the cafe on Monday morning and he tells Billy he was upset last night about, you know, being told that he can't live there anymore. But you know what? Summer comes first. You're right. They've been doing a bit of research. He's been doing a bit of research about eating disorders, which is what he thinks Summer's got. And Billy's not too sure about this. He kind of doesn't poo-poo the idea straight away. But he says, look, we can't, whatever it is, we can't get Summer thinking that there's something wrong with her like that because she's got her AS levels to concentrate on. I don't think anyone's told Billy that exams are cancelled this year. Anyway, uh, uh, Summer phones up um, in a bit of a tears. She's on the landline. She's lost her phone, but it turns out it's in the bathroom or something. I don't know. Um, Todd blames the evils of energy drink for getting her all, you know, with a Nicky's in a twist about things. So um, they go over... They, uh, they're walking through the street later, Billy and Todd, and... Um, talking about the possibility that maybe show uh, not Shona, Summer has got an eating disorder and Shona's there with the big old flappy ears going, what's that? Summer's got an eating disorder. I'm going to make sure that I in- use that information at the most um, inappropriate time, which she does later. She, um, she sees Summer saying, oh, I-, I heard Billy and Todd talking about you having an eating disorder earlier and I'm there to talk if I need to. So she's got her heart in the right place, bless her. But, um, yeah, Summer is a little caught off guard by this because she had no idea that she maybe had an eating disorder no. and she goes off to the exam. There was also... Well, a... also the fact that her dads have been talking about her. Yes. There was also a funny scene before that where um, Amy and Summer are talking about this hairy-handed teacher. Oh, that was so funny because they were saying, oh, he's got really hairy hands. And then you looked at your hands. I looked hands, at my hairy and hands. And then it cut to Ardy looking at his hands like, oh, no, <laughs> How Harry? many people across the country looked at their hands when the girls were saying that? But yeah, I, I like the little backstory about, um, oh, the first, there's this new member of staff at Weddy High. And the first time we got to see him was on Zoom because he was employed during lockdown. And then when you saw him in real life, he was like werewolf or something. I thought, very topical again. 
Um, so anyway, Summer has done her exam later. She comes home, has a massive go at Billy for what he said and talking about her in the street and everything. And he's like, I, I didn't say he did have an eating disorder. I said it was just a possibility. So Summer gets herself worked up and has another little whoopsie daisy, doesn't she? MS or something else. Well, we find out soon because when they head off to the hospital, it turns out that she's got type 1 diabetes. Mm-hmm. So they go off to see somewhere in the hotel hotel <laughs> hospital room. Oh, see, the NHS wasting all this money on making hospitals look like hotels. <laughs> um, and she, she's, she's going to have injections four times a day or more. We get to hear that line a couple of times. Um, but Billy tries to make out that it's going to be okay. She's obviously gutted about this. Um, yeah massive change in her life that's now been thrust upon her and um, all the storyline possibilities that could come with it yeah. and um she the todd's just kind of joking his way through it doesn't he, he makes some comment about billy not being able to advise how to shoot up because he used to be a junkie which is yeah great. todd didn't um billy didn't even laugh i know pale-faced um so that so they, they they go back home and uh and todd's admitting to billy that them Maybe, don't worry, because Billy's like, how did we know we missed this? And Todd's like, look, we thought she was just having some mental health crisis after Seb's death, but um, they just have some nice kind well, of how would you reassuring to chats know? together. Exactly, you weren't supposed to know. So Wednesday, Summer's looking a little bit brighter. She's coming around to the idea of having to inject herself and everything. I couldn't, I hate it. Well, it's that all die, Michael. I just can't. Oh, needles just make me cringe. Every even mentioning they... it on Coronation Street this week made me cringe. Yeah, people have to do this. I know, I know. Summer's very brave. Um, so Billy comes home later and finds Todd having a worry about Summer, and also Paul's sent a massive fruit basket, which um, gets Todd right knocked. Not off. sure if it's the best thing to buy somebody. He's just been diagnosed. No, no. Well, t- Billy's the one that ends up um, eating it, doesn't he? A sour kumquat. Mm. Yeah. Um, and they just have kind of nice family moments, really. And Todd gets invited to live there after all because Billy realizes he's not a bag ed- bad egg, really. Not a bag egg. No. Um, I felt so bad for Summer when she said, "Why is this happening to me? What did I do wrong?" You joined a soap, love. Yeah. Part of your contract. You should have read it. But it's not fair, is it? No, no, it sucks. It's absolutely horrific. I, d- I always thought diabetes as being something that older people got. Really? Yeah, yeah. You're thinking of type 2 diabetes. Which is what both of our dads have got, haven't they? Type so 2 diabetes. Type, two, type 1, they do not know what causes type 1. I thought it was just genetic, but apparently it's they still don't really understand. But the mechanism by which it affects the body is that your immune system, I think, attacks your um, the cells that um, help break down glucose. Okay. Um, but with type 2 diabetes, it, again, it can be... Um, yeah, so type 1 is when your body attacks cells in the pancreas and then you can't make insulin properly. Mm. But type 2 is when there's all different reasons why, but your body can't make yeah. enough insulin. And there's no cure for this, is there? It's literally you will never, injections at the moment, four times a day for the rest of your life. At the moment, there's no cure. cure yeah. So um, type 2 is one of those ones which might um, be... You might sort of develop for lifestyle reasons or other factors like ethnicity as an effect on it. Um, type 1 you can actually develop type 1 at almost any stage in your life but it's much more common in children oh really? because um, because it's um, sort yeah so before they invented a way of dealing with 
um, diabetes, it was a death sentence. So you would have these really tragic scenes of whole, you know, um, wards full of children whose parents could only watch as they slowly wasted away and died. Yeah. But then I can't remember. There was a a, a scientist who invented the insulin shots, and it was like a miracle. Apparently, that this ward was just full of these dying children. And he just went through and injected them, and one by one, it was like they came out of a oh, cool. of a of a fainting spell, and they were completely back to normal. So, yeah. I mean, it's horrible to to get to to sort of be diagnosed with this, but what a miracle it is that you can manage it. Mm. You can't cure it, but you can manage it. Um, Are we going to be learning about things like we did with Seb and his HIV, and then they're going to get promptly forgotten, like Seb and his HIV? Yeah. See, type two, you're thinking of type two is the one where it is actually possible for you to prevent it or cause it to go into remission based if it's based on the lifestyle issue that you have. Yeah. Um, And you can also for type type, you you can have like a pump or you can have the injections um, and there's there's other things that they're trying to 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 um, manage ways of manage you have to count your carbs they mentioned that oh yeah, yeah you have to watch yeah. what you eat you should be healthy and balance your diet um it's all it's all Don't overload on energy drinks she could still have the energy drink you know addiction couldn't she well this is yeah that that could still uh, and the that thing could is, screw her up seems, even more it's even worse that she was relying on these energy drinks because they're going to be giving her way too much glucose in her blood mm. Um, but, but if she's going through her exam stresses and her post seb stresses and everything, which you know won't stop just because she's got diabetes, that could still be a lingering. I issue. can't remember what the T's they said. Tired. Tired, thirsty, toilet. And there, there's one more. There's another wasn't there? one. Yeah. Um, but also one they didn't mention. Well, losing weight was that that was mentioned. Thin. Um, you can also have cuts and wounds that take longer to heal. Blurred vision, or. They didn't bring this up, and I don't know why. Genital itching. <laughs> they haven't shown so some rabbit never ever one. scratch. Diabetes.org.uk is where I've got this information oh. from. So how long is it going to be then? But before... I just want to say, 8% of people who have diabetes have type 1, so type 2 is by far uh. the most popular. <laughs> Not really the word I mean. How long is it going to be before Common. Summer is trapped somewhere without her insulin? I and she's like, I need my insulin, otherwise I'm going to die. Is Corey going to corner her somewhere? <laughs> or I don't know. Also, not the first it's teen like... girl to have diabetes on the show, type 1 diabetes, because Katie Harris. Oh, did she have it as well? She was... That's how she died. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was... Um... Yeah, she had that. She just... had type 1 di- diabetes and she uh, had to take yeah. injections and she Sugars died herself, by she? drinking sugar water. She did, didn't she? Yeah. So... When are we going to see a teenage boy with diabetes? Yeah. Where's the where's the equality here? I I I did have a little sigh when I found out that there's another Cory character being diagnosed with something nasty, because they they do it to it too much. But do they? Because when you okay, right? So in real life, no. I was literally about to say this to you, Michael. Yes, think about all the people that you know, and think about all the things that are wrong with them. I just feel you're like the only it's person I know for... what? in our family that doesn't have anything wrong with them. <laughs> Think about that. It just feels like it's another thing to to try and raise issues, and then they will forget about it. That's the problem that I've got with it. Nobody on the show has diabetes at the moment, no. and it's not a very common thing to have. But it's also not that uncommon. 
and type 1 is is fairly rare as far as diabetes goes but it gives it gives another another facet to summer's personality i feel so I'm sorry for summer a little bit more because I feel like she, of all the people to get it, she's the one who probably would manage it the best, same as Sam, because they're so diligent and mm. sensible. And I always feel like it's it feels a bit unfair to kind of, bur- you know, and say, oh, well, you can deal with it because you're healthy and sensible and you'll remember. And yeah, yeah. it must be, it must be horrible to, to find out that you've got this now for the rest of your life. But the other thing to remember is that the research always is going ongoing and there may very well be a cure. Yeah. And it, you don't know when that might happen or or just a better way of um, managing, managing it. Because you, you, I don't know whether it's the same as type 1, but with so my dad has type 2 and he has to test his blood all the time and see what the levels are. And if they're too high, you know, you have to do one thing. And if they're too low, you have to do something else. Eat a Mars bar. You can, you can have very low blood sugar and faint you can have too high blood sugar and faint mm. right i think that's it for this week so as i said i think it was um i think it was another pretty solid week today i don't know whether it was the 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 binging of it and then the, the I, it, it's been fine watching the three hours on the chart it's been a bit of a mini event but i i thought there was lots of fun stuff i thought that the um both the the sean story and the sharon story were quite excitingly tied up i suppose the tyrone stuff was fun um, I even enjoyed the summer stuff. It was and and the Emma stuff was fine, because of who it was, despite the storyline being relatively cliche. But I think um I think I'm gonna give a a, a four shimmering cleavage enhancers out of five. This oh week. that was so funny because that that was just from, sweat. That was from Sean's little gaggle of girlies, and uh, he says I like your cleavage enhancer, and she says oh it's just sweat. I I feel you. I feel you, lady. What about you? Um, I was going to give it a three and a half, but maybe you're right and it is more of a four. I'm not sure. I know. I wasn't, I'm not like definitely, definitely four, but no, I feel fairly. It's, it's a, it was a decent week. But I'll tell you there, what, There wasn't though, anything that was a mega letdown. Towards the end of Friday's episode, both of us were getting really we worked were on edge, up. Right? It was Something tense. is going to happen to because Sharon. Something's going to happen to Rita. There was lots of things that that were coming out, and I was going, "Oh, I wanted to find out about this." I want, like, I was. I, I there was, was one convinced. bit when we paused it. It was like, "Oh, there's still four minutes." To I know. Go. I paused it. Cause I was like, "I can't cope with this. Is it nearly over? Is there time for these things to be resolved?" Because I was waiting for Sharon to get shot. I was waiting to find out whether um, Alina was pregnant or not. Yeah, and there was something else I forgot what it was, but it was really, really tense. It was a really good week. I thought it was yeah. I'd give it a four. I will give it a four. Uh, balloon benders. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, who can we have as a character of the week this week? So we got we got mm. Leanne who did our truth telling on the on the stand. We got Sharon for. Um, <laughs> For living at large and having it one last time. I thought Jenny had Jenny a good was week good. this week because I really liked how happy she was when Sharon got arrested. Jenny was certainly a main character this week. She really was. No, and um, I, no I bad thing. liked her being excited about buying the pub. Um, I think Fizz was a strong character this week. I really enjoyed <laughs> her repeated continual mocking of Tyrone, but then also the serious side coming out when it needed to be after the Kirsty death revelation. Um, Sean was fun this week. He's he's not, and I don't think he ever will be character of the week material. 
But um, I'm really, like I said earlier, I'm really, really pleased to see that he's been given a proper storyline again at last. Mm. Emma was fun. Oh, Emma, bless her. I don't know, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, Rita as well, she was great. Oh yeah, but Rita. Inconsistent, like I said. I think because Rita and Sharon were inconsistent, I don't think I can say either of those. Um, oh, it's between it's between the two gingers. It's between Fizz and... Uh, Fizz and Jenny for me. You can't say that word. I think. Only, only a ginger could call another ginger ginger. All right, Tim Minchin. <laughs> um, I That's am a good going song, by to the way. go Look that up on with... iTunes or whatever your musical. Or Spotify, if Spotify would like to give us some of their Coronation Street sponsorship money. We've Not mentioned it a few weeks in a row now. I know. I'm going to give it to... Oh. I'm going to give it to Jenny. I can't decide. Because I really... Just that... I loved I loved her being the centre of attention. I really like this story. I don't know where it's going to go. Love her and, and Daisy. I think that they're a really good I like duo. her protective side of Rita. Yeah, I do. I liked her rescuing her. I liked her confronting Sharon. Um, I liked and her straight to jail point. Oh, yeah. Straight to jail. <laughs> <laughs> she was great. Um, I will give it... Oh, I can't decide. You're ticking the time on. I know. Oh, oh. Are you ah. all right? No, I'm not all right because I can't decide who's my character of the week. Nobody cares, really, do they? Not particularly. I don't. I don't think that it's that important thing that you need to hold up the whole thing for several minutes. I'm, I'm going to give it to. I'm going to give it to Fizz because Fizz isn't considering going into business with Ronnie or trusting Daisy when she really, really shouldn't. Or making strange men breakfast. It was close. We got to see more wonderful um, range from Fizz's character this week, and I'm Both very, very excellent. That she's candidates. been getting um, lots of stories, well, lots of lots of scenes this year. Yes. Good job. Good job. We done. Well done, Coronation Street. Well done. Well done. Well done. Another well, good week. It is. So if well, you keep this up, then I don't mind binging it. No, exactly, exactly, me neither. So um, that's it for us for another Coronation Street week. We, um, well, we've we got to, to do the news and stuff. We have got to do the news yeah. and stuff, so um, let's move on. Congratulations to Kate Spencer, you're engaged to your boyfriend Paul Walker. You know that already, of course, because you're definitely listening to this, but we thought we'd announce it to the listeners of Conversation Street. Another Corrie wedding is on the way. Gemma, are you excited? I've got my hat ready. Getting a hat for Kate Spencer, who of course plays Grace in Coronation Street. Very exciting news. We saw that on um what was it on Instagram or Twitter, I can't remember the other day. I think it was someone on Instagram. Um I quote Three years ago he asked me what my perfect day consisted of. I said, Get up early, train <laughs> already Gemma's like, perfect day. <laughs> get up early. <laughs> get up early, train in the morning. Um, I assume I should... that means work out rather than <laughs> yeah, not get, get a, on a train. trip on the Virgin Express. Some time to chill by myself, good food, good coffee, and do something theatre slash acting related. Oh. Yesterday, we went to the gym, yeah. had great coffee. What time did you I get up? I don't know if that's a euphemism for something. Yeah, what time did you get up? <laughs> did you get Kate. up late and ruin the whole day before <laughs> you even began? Learned some lines for Corrie, went on a little walk, went to the pub, played backgammon, made tiramisu, and ate steak. I assume also, and got engaged. Oh, it was perfect, and then this happened. And then also, on the icing on the top of the cake of this perfect day... The icing on the top of the steak was being proposed to her. Lovely. Gemma, what is your your perfect day if I wanted to, you know, re-propose to you? Preferably... I need to write this down. Okay. Oh, no, it's fine, it's audio. My perfect day is I do not gain consciousness whatsoever. So really, being in a coma... 
You need to be conscious to be able to accept my proposal. You've already proposed, it's too late. If I, like, get you up at, like, four or five in the afternoon, say, will you marry me nothing, then? No, nothing's Here's going on. a cup on of tea. That's worth getting up for at the moment. But this is the... What's your perfect day? Um, I'd... I, I don't know. Catch me off guard here. I get up mean, early. mean it asking the difficult questions. I do like getting up early because it means I can got, let, get lots of things I done. I can tell, right? I'll tell you what your perfect day Come is. Come on, then. What's my perfect day? I'll tell you your perfect day. Get up early, sit around in your in your dressing gown, um, scratching yourself, probably. <laughs> nice, good old scratch. Have a cup of tea, watch some dull videos on YouTube about computer games. Um... <laughs> Do work because I can't imagine you ever. <laughs> no, like, that would be not thinking, be my perfect Oh no, day. I have I've got a load of work to do. So you do that. How about get my work finished in a short amount of time? Um, do the washing up. No, what the hell? You don't. These are all things it's you love. like you don't even know me. Um, get a brand new game. Yes. Uh, that you've been looking forward to, perhaps That's Zelda related. Maybe. Or maybe a new Metroid game or new Mario game. Oh, you know me so um, well. You're changing your tune pretty quick. Um, and then we go out for a meal somewhere. That'd be quite nice. And you go. So I don't have to do any washing. Oh no! Out. At lunchtime, we go to Starbucks, and they've released a new drink. Oh, did you get the email Listen, from Starbucks today? Let me today. finish, Michael. Which has got some kind of brownie, caramel, coffee, chocolate mixture in yeah. it. But did you see what? Yes, I did. Horrible pink coconut flavour. Yeah, I thought that drink. was funny. Grim. No, thank you, Starbucks. Um. Then we go to a nice French restaurant for dinner. Is there an episode of Corian tonight on my birthday? There's, and also it's a special episode of Coronation Street All because it's the characters. anniversary and we're, we're, there's a shootout at the Rovers with Jenny mm. and uh, Johnny. I've got back together again. Oh yeah, good, good, good. Well, I think your perfect day would just be getting up very, very late. Um, not... I'm not going to say that I bring you breakfast in bed or anything no, because it's probably that. not that great. Although I'm not too bad at a, a morning fry up if I need to. You are pretty I, bad at that. But I'm not. It's, uh, you can't go wrong with them, surely. You really can. You've okay. Done it before. I just get you up with a cup of tea that's nice, and I've remembered to put the, the sugar in. Um, and then maybe we could go for a walk, and it's not too hot, not too cold. No, Gemma says no. Going for a walk. Um, just got up. No thanks. Uh, what would you like to watch telly? Do you think this is probably better done off air? Yeah, I think we need to decide this better next week. Anyway, as we were, this is a short news week this week, so that's why we're eking it out a I little bit longer. Congrats Kate to Kate. Had and a Paul. lovely day. It sounds like a great, great day, and she got to eat steak. So what? What else? Can oh, there'd be say? steak on your perfect day, maybe. I'm. You're so out. Okay. Do, do a different one. Um, there's the, the next story I told you this is slow news week Denise Welsh remember her she played Natalie Horrocks on Coronation Street she's had a garden party with some of her ex Corrie Pels and that's the news really it was um, there's just a news? photograph of it because there wasn't much news going on this week but it had Sally Dinover there Nikki Sanderson who played Candice yeah. um, Jane Danson of course and uh, Angela Lonsdale who played uh, Emma Watts Oh. Um, back in the late 90s and there's a picture of them all together and it's like a little Corrie reunion and, that, and, and Denise what... said not quite lunch on the cobbles but on the paving stones imagine that being a little bird listening in on that garden party I wonder what Denise Welsh is talking about I wonder indeed um, why are you saying it like you know no I don't know at all I just know that she likes to talk right. about things on Twitter that's it lovely let's have more Corrie reunions please um, and finally this 
Oh, is it finally? Oh, no, I also saw something on the news today that they are planning Emmerdale and Corrie to carry on doing a Super Soap Week in October, provided COVID regulations let them. So that could be, hopefully, fingers crossed, a big explosive return to some hugging and murdering and bashing over the heads and things. shagging and shooting. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, the last thing that I'd written down here was just a funny story that um, Will Meller had said to The Sun on Sunday this week, that um, people are asking for drugs now that he's Harvey. Oh, no. He said it was funny. I went I went to the local pub and someone Hang said... Hang on a minute. What's this accent? Uh, okay, I'll just do my voice. It was funny. I went to the local pub and someone said to me, have you got out? Have you got out, Harvey? And I was no, like... No, no, you're making it sound like, have you got out of prison? <laughs> oh, right, that no. O-W-T. Have you got out? I, thought, I saw you, you in... I'm, I'm banged up in a slammer. No, he's asking, have, have you, you got, got out? Something? Have you got out, Harvey? And I was like, what are you talking about? I've also had a few women who've said, I hope you're not selling drugs around here. I'm like, stop saying that. People all over here. What? Where is that? North. Just north. Anyway, um, everybody, Will Miller is... That was the worst... Not a drug dealer. ...cabin section we've ever done. Kate Spencer... Kate Spencer didn't deserve to have her magic day sullied by you trying to guess what time I want to get up in the morning. That's all the news there is this week. Sorry. There's not very much news. So okay. She, but what they'll tell you what there is a lot of. Right. Feedback. Yeah, we've got loads of So let's of that. move on to the feedback section. Right now. And here it is, the feedback section. Um, as I said, we've got a lot of feedback this week. We've not been able to include everybody's this week, but we have still got some lovely, lovely emails that we're going to read out to you. But before that, of course, we want to know how did the Corrie viewers find last week's Coronation Street, the, the first week of the... Drop it on the ITV hub, play it on the telly box later. Well, they thought it was quite good. 3.76 was the average score that our Facebook group scored out of. I think we went a bit lower, didn't we? I think we might have gone 3.5 um, last week. Uh, I'm starting to think that maybe by voting this week four, we've we've over over scored it. I think people are going to go lower. We'll find out this time next week. Now, Christina gave last week's Coronation Street three and a half missed gunshots out of... What's a half, what's a half of a gunshot? Is it just like a... It gets a, stuck in the, in the chamber and you have to look you at it. You have to look into it just to see that the, the barrel's <laughs> not, uh, not blocked up. Um, Jonathan gave it four children Alina's own age. <laughs> that was very good. Uh, and Zubair, not even scored it out of anything, but he gave it tres et demi. Very good. Which is, of course, a reference to some Spanish and French oral exam. Did I say that right? How, how do they do ours in no, Spanish? Tres. Tres. Tres et Thank you very much to everybody thank who you everybody. has scored. And thank you for getting it in quickly, because you had about 48 hours to get that in. Oh. And we had lots of good scores. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, look Fine. out for the poll going out. Um, on Friday it will be this week because that's when Curry is on. Now, um, we've got a few emails from people who haven't contacted us before, haven't we? I think. We do. Including so, this first one from the Tasmanian Devil. What does he have to say? Taz says um, that they have feedback relating to the Chaz and Gemma story and say, I feel I can relate to this. I'm not deaf, but I am registered blind, so I am disabled. And something I've noticed is that there's a lot of shaming among the disability community towards those who decide to get treatment or even want treatment or cure. They're made to feel guilty for letting the community down. This isn't a race issue or a political thing. It's about health. 
People don't realise how much of an impact having a disability has on your life. Yes, we can do a lot in our own way, but there's a lot we can't. And we have a lot of restrictions in every part of our life. And things we can do is so much harder to do than it is for an able-bodied person. For me, the most frustrating thing is not being able to drive. On top of that, there are symptoms that come with disabilities that you wouldn't think. For example, deaf and blind people have trouble with balance, which can cause bad vertigo and dizziness. Also, remember when Johnny was seeing cats and Aiden? I do. That's called Charles Bonnet syndrome, when the brain fills in the gaps of what blind people can't see with visual hallucinations. So we see some strange things sometimes. That's interesting. Hmm. Being disabled is not a tragedy, but wanting a cure or a treatment doesn't mean you think it is a tragedy. It's about making your life easier, and I would do anything for that. But if it never happens, I'm content with that because I'm happy with my life. I understand completely why Gemma had her concerns. Any parent would, but I'm glad Gemma changed her mind because it's about making life easier because it's a genuine physical and mental strain and also about having more options. The brutal truth is there are things you actually cannot do when you have a disability because your body won't allow it. It's not a case of prejudice, like I didn't get the job because I'm a woman or because I'm Muslim. Things that have no impact on your ability to carry out a task. Having said that, we do, of course, face a lot of prejudice because we can do most things and people never expect much of us and always underestimate us. But we can't shy away from the fact that there are things we can't and sometimes it's really hard. doesn't mean we want to get rid of disability because that will never happen. Disability is a spectrum at the end of the day, but that's not the point. It's about reducing the hardship. If there was a treatment that I could have had as a child to bring even a fraction of my sight back and my parents said no, I honestly don't think, now as an adult living in the big bad world, I would ever be able to accept it and I would always be heartbroken and resentful about it. If you don't want a cure, that's great. But if you do, it doesn't mean you're ashamed of who you are. I know people like to refer to it as a culture, which is fine, and it's like being in our own world with a disability, but I don't know how I feel about it. The word culture does downplay it somewhat and trivialise it. I feel like a culture is something you can choose to be a part of or not. You may or may not identify with it, and it's made up by people, whereas disability is something you don't get to choose. You'll always be a part of it, and if you're not, except you're not disabled enough, which is more to do with people and them being idiots. Sorry for the long message. I just want to reiterate, this is just my view. I can't speak for everyone, and it's okay not to agree with me, disabled or not. Thank you very much. Don't apologise for that long message. I found that really, really fascinating when you sent it through, Tasnia. Really mm. interesting to get the perspective of somebody, you know, in, from the disabled community yes. who can in some way possibly identify with a possible future for for Alad. Yes, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, we, we can only see as we, as we find and think, well, and think what would we do if we were in Gemma and Chesney's position? And I think I would probably say go for the implant. I suppose it's just it, partly with Gemma and Chesney, it's the fact that the operation to get it done seemed particularly nasty, didn't it? The, the drilling into the skull yeah. and everything. Did they say, I can't remember, did they say it would be possible for him to have the operation when he was older? Is it something that's easier and a younger... No, it's... If the, Softer skull. This, this, the whole thing about, uh, that Taz said about culture and, and things, that really, what I was bringing up was specifically to do with, to do with deaf culture, which on its own is a specific... Thing, not just culture in general to do with disabled people. Um, I don't know how much Taz knows about deaf culture, um, but what I was saying about the movie that I mentioned, Sound and Fury, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, it um, they're, they're talking there about the cochlear implant, which is what uh, Alad would get, mm. and that the younger you get it, the more successful it's going to be right. because your brain processes sound in a different way depending on when it has access to that information and and also um you know the brain the a child's brain is very elastic and 
um, once it gets set in a certain way, it's very difficult to overcome that the problems that you 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 might face if you hadn't had it earlier. Mm. So, so like being able to pronounce words properly, etc., yeah. is easier the the younger you have it. Um, so I I never really said anything about what what I believe to do with deaf culture and whether I agree with. Um, what the movie is about and certainly Coronation Street never really even said anything about deaf culture I only really mentioned it because I thought it was an interesting perspective to consider um but my personal feelings on it is that I would definitely get a get a mm. um an operation but, for for my I mean, child what, what Taz has said about you know if only if there had been an operation yeah, exactly. to to help her out with her vision and her parents hadn't taken it then she would have like it would have been so annoyingly, frustratingly. I couldn't cope uh, with it. I think I would find it almost it, unforgivable. The, the, the what if would sound maybe forgivable, and that's probably what Gemma and Chesney are thinking, and lots and lots of you know, actual real people across the country who are sort of faced with this awful decision. The reason I brought it up was that, um, not because I didn't necessarily agree with it, but I don't think many people even know what deaf culture is. Mm. So I thought it was interesting to to raise that point because I think um, the, other, the other thing that we it's worth considering as we move into uh, more uh, advanced technology is um, what abilities... Because like what I understand completely what Taz is saying. I think um, as able-bodied people, sometimes we really like to believe in this like happy-clappy, um, aspirational world of disability where... You know, you overcome the odds and you, you manage to live um, a happy life with the aid of people and and mm. technology and stuff. That's not really the reality of it, but that's like what we like to see. We like to see inspiration. Yeah. It's like it's like inspiration porn, isn't it? For able bodied people to say, oh, look at this. This person, you know, has, has this or, or that condition mm. yet they still manage to do x y and z and we go oh that's really great i'm so happy and then we move on with our lives but and we don't really stop to consider about what the actual what it's really like for mm. somebody um but what i was saying what i was trying to say here about technology as we progress what could there possibly be for disabled people that would make their lives better in some ways than able-bodied people like for example you see like the blade runner with people that have prosthetic um, limbs, mm. they're actually, some of them are faster than, than yeah. people with two legs. What possible, like with the cochlear implants, could you end up being able to hear much more sensitively than um, a normal hearing person? Mm. Could you hear in different frequencies? Like uh, what, this is like transhumanism. Like could we at one point get some kind of implant in people's eyes and you can see in infrared? Well, this is what I'm thinking as well. Like, you know, 100 years down the line or whatever, it's always very science fiction, isn't it? Like you, you've got all these, uh, design a baby kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, do, do you choose to let your baby grow up the way that they popped well, out the just, womb you know, or do you do xyz enhancement but i really am hopeful uh, for they maybe lose out whatever whatever technology can sort of do to make disabled people's lives better and i certainly um wouldn't ever want to choose a life for any child that i would have that would make it more difficult for them i i i can't see why you would choose that but having watched the movie about deaf culture, I can certainly understand what their perspective is, mm. which is a bit different from how I felt before I watched it. Yeah. So I know it's a bit of a controversial film, and I don't think that many people watching it necessarily agree with the sort of arguments that are put forward. 
And I also think that, that being in deaf culture is slightly different from most other disabilities because, um, you know, being blind is, is, is obviously a bit more of a hurdle than, not, than being deaf. I, yeah, um, I think you can live a bit more, bit more of an independent life if you're deaf than if you're blind. I guess you can drive. You can, you can. Yeah, I, I don't even. I'm know. not saying you have to choose between one or the other. If you could be, do you understand what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I know, I understand. I understand. So I think that um, because be, you know because because of that, I think it's easier for them to build um, build a culture around that disability. Mm. But I mm. certainly don't think that you know, it's um something that I would impose on anybody certainly not what deafness yes no <laughs> well no because if you if you have the chance to choose an implant or not then on the one hand you're choosing to help your child and on the other hand you are imposing deafness on them yeah you i do thought you were talking about that. you know going and firing a loud gun behind somebody's head <sighs> this is a very difficult topic to talk about so i'm glad that you wrote in taz thank you for your yeah thank you that was really really interesting and obviously i've put my foot in it about five different times for various no, things there very, very but well, i'm just trying to articulate yeah, because yeah, i, I do feel as though sense. i've heard a, a few people sort of saying i don't understand why you why you recommended this film or you know how how can you say that deafness is a good thing that's not at all what I was trying to get across. So I have obviously not explained myself properly. Yeah, it's just showing what different people think, isn't it? Some people think this, some people think that. That's the world. Susan says, thank you so much. Um, what for? Oh, just found your podcast recently. And now I feel as if I'm just watching the show so I can look forward to your feedback. <laughs> you are quite right about the water cooler effect. In New Zealand, it's on late at night, live. No one really knows when it's on because we all watch on demand where they release the episodes one by one. However, everyone watches at their own time, so it's almost impossible to find someone who is up to where I am. Hence the enjoyment I find from your podcast. You're my own water cooler friends. Hello. It, it is midwinter Staying here in hydrated. New Zealand. And I do enjoy that we are pretty well up to date now. After years of being behind. Thanks once again. Yes, yeah, Susan. When we started the podcast, it was, wasn't it? It was months and months. And you had months. that little video. Yeah, they did, didn't they? They had a little catch-up video. Like, like, Here's oh, everything that's happened in the oh, past dear. seven months or whatever. Oh, this has happened. Well, it's really nice to hear um, listeners from all over the globe. I also really love it when, when people say, I only watch the show because I want to listen to the podcast. It makes me laugh. I don't. Um, so really, is it good for us if they do box sets um, for Coronation Street? Does it make? Does it drive more people to the, oh, maybe. To the podcast to share that? Maybe indeed. Anyway, okay. Thank you, Susan. Keep on listening. Thank enjoy. you. Um, Joseph says, I quite enjoyed this week's episode of Cory. As a viewer from across the pond, I like being able to watch the episodes before they aired on the telly and using my VPN service. In good use. I don't think we're allowed to um, approve of, of VPNs, but can't do anything about it, can we? No. They're going to arrest you. <laughs> in fact, a similar model is being done in one of the TV networks in the Philippines. For a fee, you can watch a select drama show two days before they air. I wonder if ITV is experimenting with this format and potentially down the road making an exclusive perk for ITV Hub subscribers. Watching it all in one go, I really felt like I was watching a movie. I couldn't stop watching. From seeing Nina's death stare to Corey, to seeing both Nick and Sam nearly getting shot, this week was strong. My only gripe is how Harvey is still able to use his phone in his cell. <laughs> Surely if he was that of a high-profile criminal, they would check his cell every day for anything and he shouldn't, that he shouldn't have access to. Especially if the detective has any doubt that Harvey is somehow able to influence the end statement. Other than that, can't wait to listen to the podcast. Yeah, I th- I, we've, we've made jokes about his phone, don't we? It's, it is very it is ridiculous. Silly. There are a lot of phones in UK prisons, don't get me wrong, but you, you're absolutely right about him being a very high-profile criminal. Or is he? So, is he just, you know, £10,000 is all it takes to be Harvey? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, Joseph, I don't know if you have access to this in the States, but there's a 
BBC drama three-part series called Time. Did I mention this before? I don't know. Um, and it's filmed in Shrewsbury Prison, which is the same place where they filmed the yeah, prison, prison riot, riot with David, David and, and Josh. Josh and it's very interesting because um, it kind of shows a lot of the stuff that we learned when we went on the tour of the prison. Mm. But I really think if, if, you, if Harvey was... If this was real, D.S. Glynn would mm. have phoned the prison and got them to, to search Harvey's cell and they would have found this phone and they would have taken it off of Many him times because it's over. obvious that he is coordinating attacks. The man literally told him that's what was going on. They would have found his phone and taken it off him and he would have had time added to his I mean, Do you think he's like got some of the uh, some of the guards in his pocket or something? Because you hear about that as well, don't you, with the big criminals that the guards turn a blind eye to get some kind of favours? I don't know. I look, I don't know enough about prison. Maybe they, if they wanted us to think that, they could have made it more obvious. <laughs> Surely we're not the only people. I that think are the thing is that um, it, you're just supposed to ignore it, like you ignore many things. Yes, just ignore but it. But yeah, it's quite. It, you, you're right. Um, doesn't make any sense. No. Chris <laughs> says, "I just listened again to the character profile of Joe McIntyre that was recently uploaded to YouTube. Thank you very much, Chris. I'm glad somebody's listening to them. It was interesting to hear that the actor left the role because he was afraid of becoming typecast, and yet he's just completed a couple of years' service in Emmerdale, where he played the part of an increasingly unstable and desperate dad who'd got together with one of the program's principal characters. He gradually found himself falling into the grip of a ruinous addiction and eventually expired as a result of a grisly accident. Now, Grant." his addiction was to gambling rather than painkillers and his demise came about as a result of being twatted by a truck rather than a boat but one can't deny the resemblance between the two characters interesting <laughs> I, I knew that Reese Dinsdale was on Emmerdale but honestly I hadn't really seen anything about what he'd got up to yeah. so it's quite amusing those uh similarities that you've drawn to our attention um chris continues i know you've discussed the inevitable and probably coincidental similarities between the storylines of the different soaps before but the tale of helen archer's coercive control at the hands of dastardly rob titchener which gripped the radio Four listenership for a year was absolutely identical to yasmin's story a couple of years later I'm sure they even cut some pasted pe- pages of the same dialogue. The Archers recently mentioned one of the characters being suspicious of the operating practices at a nail bar, seemingly staffed by young Eastern European women, working long hours in unpleasant conditions. And let's not forget the big centrepiece of the Archers' 60th anniversary episode when a major character fell off a roof to his death. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Thanks, Coincidental Chris. or not, I don't... I really do not know Archers' how... radio is completely different. How... Watching other or, or this, uh, watching or listening to other soaps would affect my viewing of Coronation Street. I'm sort of glad in a way that we don't watch other ones because so do I, I don't think I'd be able to me. cope with all this. I'm thinking that's like such and such, or oh, such and such did it better than this yeah, one. I wouldn't I like that because be my loyalties would still be with Coronation Street, obviously. But if I saw, you know, EastEnders was doing something in a bit of a better way, but we way, often hear really that there are all that. these overlaps, and in a way. There's it only makes so sense many issues. Because, There's only yeah. so many stories that you can do. And there are certain do. things that are hot button issues at any time, you know, of the of the year. And when you're talking about Yasmin's story and um, Helen Archer's story um, and coercive control, unfortunately, there is a bit of a playbook, and the behaviours of all these different men with with different personalities always seem to end up being almost exactly the same when they're in these relationships you know yeah yeah you can kind of um just you you, you know copy and paste real life people mm, in mm. the same way would you like a fact about helen archer Gemma? 
Did you know this? Played by Louisa Patikas. Yeah, I know that. Who is Moira Pollock on Coronation Street. Bring back Moira. Where's she gone? It's been a year and a half since we've seen lovely Moira shouting for a Dr. Gaddas. Maybe she gone. has been coercively controlled by somebody. She's not allowed out. <laughs> oh, Moira's brilliant. Um, okay, thank you, Chris. That's really, really thank interesting. You, thank you for watching the other soap so we don't have to. Well, listening to Ar- The Archers, I think. Um... Well, and listening. Yeah, my, I, I my dad on. listens. Does he still listen to the Archers? Or you, he went through a phase of listening to the Who? Archers, didn't he? My dad. I don't know. Definitely, he did. I don't know. Odd. Jay, Gemma, you can read this one. Greetings from the colonies. Hello. This is my favourite time of year. I have more than I have one more week of school. Shut up, Jay. We are finished. Don't rub it in. On June twenty fifth. June twenty fifth. Finished for the summer holidays. I feel like this year has aged me a great deal i know my health has suffered this year but maybe next year will be better now i have two months to recharge <sighs> two months summer holidays look two jay's months. suffering you've got to be bene- benevolent and allow him two months no people across across the pond who have their extra long summer holidays do not have it as easy as one would think do they because often they have to have their extra summer jobs and everything i can't believe least any country do. allows teachers to take a second job over some holiday i think that's absolutely scandalous do not tell anybody over here because they will get ideas. <laughs> Jay says, this is my email to wish Michael a happy birthday on the 2nd. <laughs> Thank you. It is also my birthday on July the 4th. Happy birthday for I would Independence like, Day. <laughs> I'd like to wish all the July babies a happy birthday too. Like Sue Devaney, as we discovered oh, earlier yeah. on this podcast. And Lee Boardman, which I knew already. Jay says, I'm starting to wonder if there are no comedy writers left in England. The Cory writers seem to want to write funny scenes, yet it seems to be a very challenge seem to be very challenged by the task the scenes that are intended to make you laugh are barely worth a smile maybe that is what the what covid has done to us maybe we're harder to entertain the only scene that made me laugh was when sharon tased jenny <laughs> i used to think the plat house had a magical second story much like the tents on harry potter and the tardis the main floor sleeps too but the upstairs sleeps as many relatives as you need to find a home for maybe the sinkhole was an underground extension that the plats could move, come and live in are we um are we to believe that the plat sinkhole has been filled up now because we last heard about it what a month ago when natasha said that she'd well, paid to have is, it filled in if natasha hadn't paid for it by now they ain't getting it are they because she's gone oh yeah that's a really good point she's off yeah what do you think about this thing about the comedy scenes it's a shame because soap writers aren't you know they're not comedy writers are they I mean some of them have got a background in comedy obviously but they're primarily I would say drama writers or soap writers or just writer writers and I wonder whether what the hell are you talking about lots of comedy writer writers lots of the writers have been doing comedy for a long time and I think sometimes it is Maybe to do with the performance as well. And the fact that a lot of Corrie actors in the olden days came from a bit more of a um, a comedy background or a variety background or, you know, on, on the stage or whatever. But a bit, you know, from you the rep. Get, you get actors who I feel do more with the lines than the, than the writer has. Like Dev and Ardy. I think add so much to the the characters through their performance. It's really interesting comparing those purposes. two because Dev I find hilarious because of how over the top and ridiculous he is. Whereas Ardy is so much more subtle. Just like that little look at his hands this week with the hair for his arm, it was brilliant. And he but could, ju- he could just give a little in, look, wouldn't it? That would have been written in. It's not necessarily a funny line, mm. but I think what's missing is a bit of wit. Yeah, I think Corrie does is not witty. 
Well, and we've already anymore. we've complained many times before about the fact that they say if we make a character say something stupid, then that's yeah. funny. I think I think a lot of the it's not a lot of the the humor seems to come from characters being silly or making fun of each other, or yeah, or, or misunderstanding then, I mean, things. Like Emma's really still really really funny. Like she was hilarious. Yeah, sometimes this week. it can work. And but that one, and they they seem to write really well for her. Mm. Um, but that's, but that's what part I'm saying of, is, well. I've always said that I've said this ever since we watched the old the older episodes that characters just used to be wittier with each other and they used to have more banter with each other and have little jokes, which I don't think they do mm. as much. And also, I mean, old Corrie did have people being stupid for laughs as well. Like Hiller's malapropisms was a perfect Hilda. example. Hilda Ogden, wasn't yeah. she? Um, and 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 that was consistently funny but if you give that to you know lots of other like if you get gail to say it or sally to say it or kirk to say it i give her a hill give them a hilda ogden line ogden. would they be able to, ogden what did i say ogden. hilda ogden line would they be able to deliver it in a in a satisfying way as gene alexander did i don't know i don't know i don't i don't, I don't, I don't know. know i don't know where, where you're going with that no i'm not going anywhere carry on the email Coropedia lists 28 characters in 1960 and in 2021 they list 73. I realised that not all of them were on the show at the same time. Some have come and gone like Ray Crosby and Jeff Metcalf. But even so, that's a lot of cast members. Do you think that cutting down the size of the cast could help the writers refocus the story and bring back some of the freshness to the show? Yes. I, I do. <laughs> I think... <laughs> I don't, that's about all... <sighs> Clearly, yes, I think. I think also a better knowledge of the characters and also a better knowledge of the show might help. Yeah, not having such long gaps in between characters appearing. But you're right, giving more time for character development, definitely. But I can understand that with the number of episodes that we have, you wouldn't be able to support a cast of 28. But I think they're worried about sort of ditching storyline possibilities. And I think that they think that the more characters they have, the freer they are to pursue storyline ideas and and stuff. But I just... I think that comes at a cost mm, and mm. that cost is having a massive cast of really talented actors sitting around doing nothing and wondering what Ooh, am I going to get a new story when, and when, what's my next storyline going to be how long am I going to be until I'm you know think about think about again. it from the from the point of view they're still attracting great talent to the show and there's really great talent on on the cast but if you're if you're sort of a an actor and you're looking at your career and you're saying I could be on Coronation Street and I could do nothing for five years or I could, you know, I could test my luck and see if I could get on a show or do a movie or something else no. that might be more popular. You know, what would you pick? Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the steady Corey's work... is very safe. Steady work is great and especially over this pandemic year, mm. the value of being in regular employment for an actor, it's like gold dust having a job on Coronation Street. But at the same time... You you would probably get frustrated if you yeah, if not, you're a character and you do satisfied. you do nothing and your your character is just there you know in the background of scenes. Mm. Yeah, get the odd line. They need to once a month and then you you're done again. Honestly, they really need to um to respect the talent that they have and give people the, the stories they deserve. Mm. But the the trouble is at the moment, obviously, is the I think they still have the cohorts for COVID. So groups of characters are bundled up together in bubbles, and Somewhere. that limits stuff. And it's frustrating. Don't know, don't it's know. just frustrating. There's there's no way that you can say that people are being used properly. I I 
And there are some people... A Brian Park Mark II wouldn't go amiss. But I don't... The thing is, though, when I'm looking at who to get rid of, I am so... um, What's the word? Uh, Attached to most of the characters and the actors as well. I wouldn't want to get rid of a lot of them. I know we've said before about who would you get rid of, but my list really is, is nowhere near as long as it needs to be to get... You I know. could make a list. I just I maybe wouldn't could. want to say it to the actors' faces. <laughs> oh dear! I That's just, why I'm not. My my concern. My concern is squandering talent. Yes. That's why I, I don't like. Yeah. So. Um, the email continues from Jay. Jay. Says <laughs> even right though now. Coronation Street has had some dull weeks lately, Conversation Street has not. Yeah, okay, thank you. <laughs> the more you bicker, the more I love your show. <laughs> Shut up, Jay. It keeps it real. Don't you tell him to shut up, you, you cow. Do, I'll do what I like, thank you very much. You don't edit out the parts that show you as real people. What, like when the cat caught a mouse earlier? We have investigated since. The mouse was fine. The mouse is fine. It was hiding it was in a, a, little, um, a little trolley that we've bought to transport things back and forth from our garage. Um, is it a baby mouse, was it? Yeah. And they're all quite small, but it's now running free outside and, and Abby's trapped inside and she's not very happy. I love it when Michael frustrates Gemma, the more it reminds me of my life. Keep pushing until she finally tells you to shut up. I love it. Please keep on doing what you're doing. Well, listen, if that's your favourite part, just know there is a never-ending supply of... of Shut-ups. Michael being annoying. (laughs) Finally. I would imagine there's plenty of people that wish you would tell me to shut up as well. I wouldn't dare. (laughs) Sometimes I just think it. Ah. Richard says, I trust you are both well. Not so bad, thank you. I'm fine. Huge thanks, as always, for your commitment and passion in producing the podcast and for going above and beyond this week around the erratic programme schedules of the ITV Hub. (laughs) I have no strong feelings one way or another about the Hub uploads. I hadn't really thought about how I'd approach viewing them, but was able to binge watch the three episodes on the Monday they were uploaded. It was a very different viewing experience, more akin to watching a very long film. So that's what two people have said, isn't it? Very, very long film. Or reading a very short novel. But I found the episodes exciting and I enjoyed them. I appreciate that this won't be everyone's choice for an option for everyone but it does give flexibility as to when you watch this week's episodes were particularly exciting i was bored with harvey drug mule storyline very early on but i'm <laughs> loving uh, the excitement of it all now thanks again for all you do for us with the podcast and group, group. you're uh, welcome richard lots of people seem to be enjoying the choice and everything and and you know what i've not seen like loads of spoilers on like what would have been spoilers had we not <laughs> the pers- watched them the, the- the most spoilers that I've seen have come from the official account. Well, yeah, things like we were talking earlier on today. Like, we, we, I'd heard that um, Kirsty was going was gonna, to uh, die. die. I'd heard that Alina was going to think that she's pregnant. I'd heard... I'd, I'd, we'd seen that tattoo picture earlier. So, yeah, we, yeah. we've seen much more stories. So, but thank you very much to the Coronation Street viewing community for keeping stum about what you're watching. If you've but I've said like this us. before. What? That's not necessarily a good thing. For the show. Not necessarily, but... It's, it's not it... supposed to be a secret. It's supposed to be... This is the thing. And not everybody cares about spoilers. And I think we've attracted a group of people that don't really like spoilers. And I think it's sort of a self-selecting group. Because if you wanted spoilers, you wouldn't come to this podcast. Because mm. we don't talk about spoilers. So, um, from the point of view of that, there's lots of people that wouldn't care. And, and would qu- find it quite mm. fun to to find out what was going to happen before it did but yeah, yeah. I can't really relate to that because I think it's it's more fun not being spoiled mm. yeah. that is it thank you everybody thank especially you, everybody. Taz I really do appreciate um, you writing in if anybody else has got anything to say I know that we've had some people talking about 
diabetes on our Facebook group about their experiences with it and how they feel the story's going and what they think um, about the possibility of summer sort of exploring that a bit more. I think there's a lot to talk about with that and I really hope that Coronation Street because I know they're working with charities mm. to make sure that this... this go, I think there's just going to be a lot of um, stuff as she kind of settles into what it means for life, her life and how is it how is it going to affect her. Because I think, like like what I was saying earlier about, about able-bodied people's idea of what disability is, is very clouded by inspiration porn and people feel good stories about people overcoming the odds. I think that we, that's like um, a convenient lie that we tell ourselves that actually it's all fine no matter what happens to you. But living with a diagnosis of of diabetes is actually a pretty full on (laughs) unpleasant shock, especially as somebody of summer's age there's a lot to, there's a lot more to it than i mean even i can't believe that people are saying oh you, all it is is just injecting yourself four times a day that alone is far more than enough for me to cope with <laughs> but then you there's a lot more that you have to add on to the top of that you know you yeah. have to explain to people what exactly it is what's the difference between type one and type two you have to manage your carbs calorie, you have yeah. to watch what you're doing you have to maintain a certain level of health you can't drink smoke you've got to exercise you've got to live up to all these things that your doctor's always telling you to do maintain that, a healthy bmi in the, in the back of my head i'm still thinking but are curry going to drop the ball with it like they do with so many other diagnoses that the characters have and to then me, it's just conveniently forgotten about once the you know once they've said look at me, us though, we're doing a diabetes story. i get you but to me it's more important to get the initial story right and to get it across to people exactly what it is that mm. um oh and i also Oh, I also looked up about. Remember, I said to you about this: the doctors who inv- who um yes. found the cure for insulin injecting the ward. Of I children. think their name was Banting and Bet, and they're Canadian doctors. And the story, if you look it up, is actually really amazing. Hey, it was, and, yeah, I was. I loved it. And it's almost a hundred years. Oh since yeah, it is. It was a hundred years this year, wasn't it? Since they, they managed to find how how to create insulin to save to treat children. yeah because it, it was really children because you wouldn't really live very long once once you got a diagnosis of diabetes you would die mm. within a year or so because there was nothing they could do about it mm. yeah don't go and look it up Gemma was reading that out to me earlier and fascinating I knew stuff. I, I knew that there was a good story and I remember I said it earlier in the podcast and I remember I you know sometimes I come out of these stories and I'm thinking this doesn't sound true, <laughs> but I do think it. I do think I remember reading it, so I double checked it, and I I'm not just BSing Didn't you. Didn't you say that the person that invented it like sold it for? Oh yes, this like, the other really frustrating thing about this whole thing is that the guy that um found invented, discovered, formulated insulin wanted everybody to be able to freely access it because he didn't want to make money off of it, and he wanted everybody to you know, be able to live with diabetes. So he, like like Michael just said, sold the patent for a really low amount so that people could use it. Mm. And what's happened? You know, here in this, in this country, in in the UK, you can get you can get insulin. You know, I don't think it's a problem. Mm. But in America, you know, when the pandemic hit, people were dying because they couldn't afford to, to pay for their medicine. Mm. I remember hearing a story about a young man who came off of his parents' insurance 
and he was rationing his insulin and died. Yeah, it should never ever happen. I don't. It's, I don't get societies where it's um, where they can afford not to do that. But upsetting they, they to think to. it's really upsetting. It's upsetting to imagine all the children in the past who died because they didn't know what diabetes was and they could you know they couldn't do anything about it. And it is upsetting to imagine people that today cannot access medicine because mm. of greedy pharmaceutical companies that want to make money out of mm. people being deathly sick it's disgusting and on that high note i oh, think that's about time to, to end the it. podcast we have to leave it with a happy we note just, well i i can't remember whether we had a patron that joins um, recently and i can't remember whether i mentioned billy on the podcast last week and i have messaged her since on instagram and she says that oh, she doesn't think we did so billy thank you very much for joining thank us on you patreon. for being our patron anyone else wants to sign up and be part of our very exclusive patreon community just head all <laughs> over to uh, patreon.com slash conversation street and find out all the lovely perks that we offer you get all kinds of stuff you get show notes and depending on your tier you get a free gift every year like a t-shirt this time Mm -hmm. and you also get access to our special bonus podcast episodes if you didn't have enough of us already yeah and if you and you get a little notification at the beginning of the week whenever i get around to posting it about what our bonus podcast is going to be each week such as this week where we're talking about 2021 on Coronation Street so far. So maybe you've already listened to that. No, you can't. Well, depends. If you, if you get in yeah. this when it comes out, that's, that's what's going to be out on Saturday this week. So look out for it. And if anyone would like to um, add any feedback about what you think of 2021 so far, you can get it in quick because we're going to be recording that soon. Otherwise, if you want to contact us, we're at conversationstreet at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at conversationstreet. We're on Facebook. We've got a Facebook group there. Um, Instagram, YouTube, as um, somebody mentioned earlier, we like to put up the old character profiles and whatnot up there every week. We're on Spotify. We're on, what else have I said? iTunes, all over the place. No excuses for not finding us or getting in touch because we'd love to hear from you. Any final words, Gemma, for this week? No, I don't have anything to add except that um, I think you're great. Me? No, everyone listening. You're 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 lovely. You're lovely. Well done. Goodbye. Thank you for being wonderful. (laughs) Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. And once more, goodbye. The music of this podcast came from podcastthemes.com. Thank you.